From the Shepherd House International in Georgetown, Guyana, Bishop Victor Connors Asabre, anointed by God, will inspire you with rare and down-to-earth but provoking teachings from the Word of God to love the Lord deeply and to devote yourself to His work. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Now, here is Bishop Collins. You know, when you go to conferences, it's just like school. Well, you, the people you start from one with, many of them, they don't finish from five. <laughs> Some from one second term, they ain't coming back. Hallelujah. And, um, you know, it's, it's very interesting um, how... how we don't have time for the things of God. And it is very reflective of the fruits we have in our churches and in our ministries. Because many people don't have time. I mean, just, just about an hour into my first session, somebody said they had an appointment at 12, he left. You are not serious. Your church will never work. You can't go to a conference that you really want something from the Lord and then you have an engagement at 12. I started teaching around 10 something. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. And so, this, these things are not for people who don't, who are not serious. Hallelujah. And even, you realize that even pastors need to be instructed. <laughs> That's what I see. Even pastors have to be instructed because pastors behave like children. Church leaders behave like children. They can't sit down for hours. Are you with me? Uh -huh. And it's very unfortunate because with all those things, you can't, it's a sign of immaturity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said that the scripture said, you must have given the scripture, those that tarry at the wine. Unless you have to get drunk. I said, you don't, you're not supposed to booze and get drunk. I remember I, I had an illegal um, marriage in my bedroom when I was a little boy. I married my girlfriend in my bedroom. <laughs> I don't know anybody who has done that. Hey, has anybody done that before? I'm the only bad boy who got saved. <laughs> You'd also done something like that before. Okay. I married my girlfriend in my bedroom. I called a Christian brother friend I knew and he came and he, he was the officiating minister. And then I called a classmate, a lady classmate who was my girlfriend's mother. And then I called my best friend who was my best man and we did the marriage right in my bedroom my father was in the living room watching TV my mother was in the kitchen and I was having a wedding in my bedroom <laughs> oh my <laughs> yeah no I don't joke one of the things I thank God for is that when I say I believe something I don't joke with it yeah no I don't I don't, I don't, I don't like joke when it comes to, if I like God, I, I'm a church person. Anything that I'm into, 
I, I, there is no reservation. That's, that's what I've realized I am. And so, sometimes when you see people who are not that serious and they want to go far, you can't go far. You can't go far when you're not serious. And so one small morning session, people go home. <laughs> uh, but every session, God has something to say. Yeah, every session, God has something to say. And so, if you can't sit down ready for something from God, you will not get it. And I'm not saying this because I want to say it. I'm saying it because it's biblical. When Elisha was following Elijah, if you read the account, and we'll talk about anointing on the last day, and I'll pray for you. Amen. Because anointing is very important. When Elisha was following Elijah, Elijah tried to shake him off several times. He tried. He tried. Until Elisha said, me? Never. If there's anybody to get rid of, not me. Because the Bible says, Elisha realized that the man was about to disappear. And that he was not going to waste time to say, oh, you're telling me at Gagal that I should go home. When you go to Jordan, you are telling me I should go back. You know what? I know all along that you didn't like me. So, all right. I go in. He said, no way. He said, as long as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I am not going anywhere. That is why he got the anointing. That is how the woman with the issue of blood also got her healing. Somebody who has been bleeding for 12 years, she must have been very weak. I don't even understand how she managed to, to walk, to go and go through a crowd and touch Jesus. If you bleed for 12 years, if you're a woman, you understand how weak you'll be. And so, to get something from God, I remember one time Jesus was in the house, the people removed the roof and they dropped somebody who was sick inside the, inside the room. You can't get something from God if you are not willing to, to tarry and to be there. No, 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 no. Anointing and the presence of God is not cheap. Let me tell you again. Anointing and the presence of the Lord, it is not cheap. Tomorrow, I'm going to talk about sacrifice. Yeah. Because that's also one thing that many people don't do. That is why our ministries are not at a certain level. Yeah. So just the money session can't do nothing. Amen. So we are looking at Matthew chapter 9 verse 36. The seven ministries of poemen. So don't leave, all right? Don't leave until the full conference is when you come from morning to evening. This session is going to end around 5 o'clock. And then we'll take a short break, and then the evening session uh, will, 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 will happen. We have two speakers for tonight. Unfortunately, the second speaker says he barely hurting. He can't give you problems. So he couldn't make it. I said, no problem. I even want to talk about give thyself, so it's okay. I'll use the second slot, talk about give thyself holy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's one thing that I, I also have to mention. The two ministers that I invited to come and speak. It's amazing how they are running away from their speaking. 
I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't believe it. We throw red carpet for you. You say you won't walk on it. I wonder who else is going to honor you when well, you don't receive honor. It's fantastic, isn't it? Job, if you were a pre- preacher, wouldn't preach? You preach. Yeah. You are, you are reaping what you didn't sow. <laughs> but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. A compassion on them. And the Bible says that because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And so we are saying that if you're going to be a shepherd, you need to have certain qualities. Just as if you're going to be a prophet, you need to operate in. Your eyes must open. You can't be a prophet when your eyes don't open. All of us, we can't see. And you too, you say you're a prophet, you also can't see. You are not a prophet. A prophet can see. Hallelujah. I have a young lady in in, in the church who Sometimes when I'm preaching, she says that um, she sees something around my head. I say, where is it? The last time we had, a, we had a service here, and one of the church members said that she saw, she saw somebody next to me. And she was, and she see me two, 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 two. Double, double, double. Me, I, I didn't see nothing. I was just preaching. So if you have the grace, if you have the gift, you must see. In the same way, if you, if you are a shepherd, you must also, uh, your, your, you must appear with a rod and a staff. Do you get it? And so that means that the shepherd has functions and qualities he needs to have. And thank God that my staff is here. When I was consecrated, I was given this one. So this is a staff. This is not even a rod. But this, for example, is what the shepherd leans on. A staff is his, is, his, is authority. This is what holds him. This is what keeps him. This is not a rod, but at least it's a staff. So at least I've showed you a staff. Uh-huh. I have things in the house, but I don't, I don't walk around with them. <laughs> I, I, it's private, isn't it? So we'll keep it here for now. When we get there, we can, we, can, we can use it. There's so many things that are in there. All right. So we say that the first ministry or the first quality or the first uh, um, uh, thing you need if you're going to be a pastor is to have what? The ruling ministry. You have to be able to rule. Ladies and gentlemen, it's very, very important. If you don't rule, your church, your ministry will not be amplified. You'll be kept down. You'll be kept low. You will not be visible. It takes ruling to be visible. You see that the countries that are ruled well, people want to go there. People go to America because America is in a good state where people can go there and prosper and do well. If America was far, de- far less developed and you don't have opportunities than Guyana, nobody would want to go there. But all of us are here, people get visa and they go. They don't even say goodbye. They're gone. Pastors migrate to America. They prefer to go and be slaves in America than to minister and pastor churches here. And so, when ruling is at its best, the, 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 the atmosphere, the environment grows and prospers. 
And so as a pastor, you need the ruling ministry. The second uh, ministry you need is the way-making ministry. You make things happen for the people you are leading. Amen. Yeah, you make way for the people you are leading. I have some young boys who want to marry some young girls in the church. And, um, you know, they, they, they were telling me they want to take the girls out. I said, you want to take the girls out? You know she father? It's like, they are trying to behave like unbelievers. Because it's unbelievers who meet people, get children, and then they just start using them. So I said, no, 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 you can't do that. At least, show some respect to the parents. Because you people, you like pictures, you like status, you like this. Before you realize, you go out and you take a picture, you put it somewhere, and somebody's mother sees and says, who is that? Then, I am the one who is leading you, and you actually make my hand fall. So you have to do things well. So I have to make a way for you to, to gain respect that you are a good guy. And that you don't just violate people get children. If I, when they told me, I felt very violated like the, the, the children of my children. I said, how can you take my daughter to movie when I don't know? After the movie, what, what going to happen? And by the way, we don't watch movies here. We watch movies in the afternoon. Nobody watch movies in the night in this church here if you are not married. I don't trust Guyanese boys and girls together in the night in my church. Just in case you don't know. All the beloveds, they don't go out in the night. Six o'clock, you're home. That's my curfew. Because you, people start feeling each other when it's after six o'clock. I've been passing for 16 years. I know what I'm talking about. Some boy and girl went out. They say they're dating, they will get married. They went out. They went to park their car somewhere in the dark and they're feeling each other. They're in the church. I'm sure they are listening to me as I'm talking. So I have banned young people going out after six. Even big people like Andre, he can't go out in the night. <laughs> and then you little boy, Andre can't even go out in the night. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 know, I know how people behave. Yeah, you feel up. They feel up when they go out. You like to do that's what I'm saying. You understand Philip? Yeah, it's Guyanese. Philip, yeah. They start touching each other. You don't feel the Holy Ghost at all. <laughs> the Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are touching somebody's temple. Are you not afraid? <laughs> so I make way for people to look good and for people to live a better life. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I said, no, no, no. I can't. I can't be your pastor. And they say, yeah, go to movie town. It's when you're watching the movie, the place is dark. Oh. The atmosphere is dark and cold. Danny, how did you know it's dark and cold? <laughs> he said it. I didn't know that it was cold. I know it's dark. But the cold? <laughs> but uh, see me after church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you look at it, I'm trying to rule, isn't it? I'm trying to rule the people in the church because I know 
that if I don't step in, they'll come around like Christians and they'll be having sex. And they'll be in a, of course, it's not everybody you can catch, but the ones you can catch, you catch, no? Some people are sly, I tell you. <laughs> they'll do that, they'll come to church and wipe them. Holy, holy, holy. So you. <laughs> you are glad we are under grace. The angels will slap you when you get into the uh, temple. <laughs> yeah, so those who are obedient and those who really submit to you and you know, see you as their shepherd, they, they allow themselves to be guided. And it's, and it's very beautiful. Yeah. Some you have to take the rod and say, Hi! The hi! Hi! One day I called a, a young boy into my office when I was passing in Georgetown. Because I heard that he liked my, my little girl who has now become a big woman who plays my keyboard, that young lady there. It was a little girl. And some boy came to the church. I hear he said he likes she. I, <laughs> I called into my office. And I said, sit down. He sat down. I said, I hear you like my little girl. He was looking at me. He had one earring here. I said, you said talk. I said, I don't like dogs. <laughs> I said, if you joke with that girl, I'm going to kill you. The guy never came back to the church. <laughs> I said, oh, I was just, you know, scaring him. And then he, he said that the rod was too strong for him. He didn't come back. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you need to make way, make way, help the people, help people. It's very good to help people. Help people, make way, assist them. Two things that will help the church members. They, they, they will see God in a different way. Because after we speak, we don't have to just talk the talk. We must walk the walk. Isn't that what we say? So help them make way for them. God told Moses, stretch forth your rod and then part the sea and let the people walk through it. The third is what the territory taking ministry. I'm so glad the pastor came and he was you know, talking to me about that part. He said, he, that is a part that he likes. He, he likes that part. He said, that part, he wants to conquer. And I said, it shall happen. You know, you know, you can sit down while you're here. You don't have any comments to make. God has not touched you. The man of God said, he said, the territory taking ministry he says, it's something I want to master. I said, it's very important. Because if you don't master a territory, you can't, your ministry cannot be amplified. For many of you who, you have, who have been trained in this church, you have failed to conquer territories. That's why your ministry is nothing. That's why if I send you somewhere, you don't do well because you can't conquer territories. And the main thing in territory-taking ministry is prayer. So many people don't pray. Many pastors don't pray. When I started ministry, my father in the ministry, um, Bagwood Mills, as a lay pastor, as a part-time pastor, he told me that I should pray three hours every day. I said, hey, where am I going to get three hours from? But as a lay pastor, he told me that I must pray three hours a day. Because before things can manifest in the flesh, it has to be won or mastered in the spirit. 
Paul said that my children, my little children, in whom I what I travail in prayer until Christ is formed in you. Physical things are a result of spiritual things. So if you will master physical things, if you will be able to st- stand and be able to uh, be, 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 tarry and be able to uh, last, it is because of your spiritual strength. So territory taking ministry primarily is prayer. And you see that many people don't pray. Many pastors don't pray. Many church leaders don't pray. And that is one thing that the devil has used to conquer the church. Because one of the things that the devil has used to deceive the church is that speaking in tongues is only when you can interpret. I'm going there. Speaking in tongues. The devil has deceived the church of God that if you speak in tongues and you cannot explain or you can't interpret, then don't speak in tongues. And so many churches, they don't allow the speaking in tongues, which also doesn't make the church strong. Because the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the world. And when they received powers, when the Holy Ghost came, came upon them, and in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says when the Holy Ghost came upon them, the, one of the evidence of the fact that the Holy Ghost is upon you is that you speak in tongues. And speaking in tongues is a spiritual weapon. And so if you have a church where people don't speak in tongues, forget about taking the territory. If you have a pastor who don't speak in tongues for hours, forget about territory taking. I have a young man who lives with me in my house. He was telling me the other day, he said, I couldn't believe that the whole day I didn't see you. (laughs) I said, well, you are getting to understand some of the things we do. I can be in my room all day. I will not open the door to come outside. I'm burning incense. I'm like Zachariah. Sitting down and speaking in tongues for hours. Pray for five hours. Pray for seven hours. When you step out, no demon will be able to stand before you. Your ministry is the way it is because you do not pray. You see, a lot of the family, family things, you see, I am not a fan of a lot of family, family things because it is, it's a disguise, it's a deception in disguise. Many people have this morning devotion as a family. There's no power in it. Because as a man of God, you can't bring yourself to people who don't, how long can you engage your family for in the morning? How long? You can't engage them for a long time. Children gotta go to school, you gotta go to work, wife gotta go. So that thing that we do it together, it is a way of not making you do it well. In my house, I don't do morning devotion. What about if I don't want to do devotion in the morning? I want to do afternoon devotion. What happened to that? Who told me that there's a law in my house that I have to do morning devotion? Because I go home midnight, I go home at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. I work for God. She works for Pharaoh. 
So when she waking up six o'clock to get ready to go, I dreaming. Second dream. Because I came to bed at 2 a.m. I'm not waking at 6 to have morning devotion. I tired. Because I don't my working hours, I don't have closing hours. She has closing hours. And so we can't do our Christian life and duties together. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So 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 that's what I'm saying. So sometimes the men of God, the leaders, they bring themselves to the level of the followers and they keep them back. It's like if wife is not available, you can't do something. Or if husband is not available, you can't do something. No, husband and wife should have their own prayer times. Because when you go to heaven, you can't tell God that it's your husband or it's your wife. So the territory taken, it comes by prayer. Job, if you are going to take a secret, it's going to be prayer. It's not moves and maneuvers. The struggling is because there's no prayer. That, that's, all the, that's the end of the story. That's the end of the story. It's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. Yeah. Prayer, prayer, prayer. You wake up 2 a.m. You pray. 5 hours, 7 a.m. You finish 5 hours. And then you smile with the people. Then you eat a scramble eggs with sandwich in the morning. The people think that you are eating breakfast. You have traveled 5 hours with the Lord. You are not the same when you do those things. Yes, you want to take territories. I'm saying that my, my Guyanese children who have not done well in ministry, it's the lack of prayer. You don't smell, there's nothing incense about you. Prayer. It's stirring my heart up. I'm stirring your heart up there. You want to take that beast? You need prayer. I mean, you think about it. A man of God who is coming to minister, look at this big conference, and you are coming to minister. It's a privilege. I think so. I think it's a privilege that I'm ministering. Then you say it's your vehicle. You say it's your stomach and all of that. There's something that the devil has on you. <laughs> no, it's not just attending, you know, come and come and speak. And you're talking about a man of God complaining about stomach trouble. What kind of man of God is that? The devil can't give me stomach trouble. He cannot touch my stomach. If you touch my stomach, I'll tuck his hole from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. No, 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 no. I cannot be invited to go and preach somewhere and I call the, the host that I guess to my belly pay. Are you a girl? You see, sex stories is just coming out of somebody who doesn't have power. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Totally. So if we are going to take territories, and when I even say territories, in terms of church planting and church expansion and church advancement, it is also an area of your life, even as a Christian or as a minister, where you should be able to exercise control over. It's prayer. And you have to learn how to sit in your house and speak in tongues for five hours. You start at 12 midnight and you time yourself. You you put music in the background or you put preaching in the background and then you move. I don't move because I don't want to get tired. So I sit down and blah, 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 blah. you don't even hear me pray. 12 to 5, 5 hours. If I don't have anything to do in town, I don't move. I can park my car in the house for two days without starting it. 
I don't have to go anywhere. I like to be indoors. It's better to be indoors as a full-time pastor. I don't know about you, but as a full-time pastor, I like to be in a presence with your people singing praises. And so because you're a lay pastor, you, your, your mind is more on your lay life than on the spiritual life. And therefore, you are weak spiritually. Because there's nothing about your secular life that strengthens your spiritual life. It's rather your spiritual life that will strengthen your lay life. I will say it again. You are deceived to thinking that your secular life will strengthen your spirituality. There's nothing secular that affects the spirit. It's rather the spirit that affects the secular. So when you see ministers who don't have time for spiritual things, you see how weak and how, how they will not do well in life and ministry. Because you are actually insulting God that your well-being and your going forward depends on what you are doing secularly. And I'm sure you've forgotten the scripture that says that it's not by might or by power. It's by my spirit. Yeah. Hallelujah. Are you there? It's the spiritual that affects the natural. Not the natural affecting the spiritual. There's nothing you, you earn or you owe or you achieve or you acquire naturally that has any addition to your spiritual life. Nothing. It's rather what you acquire spiritually that affects your natural life. Elijah and the prophets who were giving places to stay in the, the, the widow's house, it was their spirituality that gave them a room. Jesus who got his feet anointed, it wasn't because he had a degree. It's because of his spirituality that he got something that the Pharisees never got. I hope a pastor is listening to me this afternoon. So learn to pray and pray for hours. If, you, if you're a pastor and you can't pray for one hour, you will never do well in ministry. A pastor, you can't pray for one hour? I beg you. But you can watch a movie for one hour. Three hours. And you can't sit down and pray for one hour. I'm tired. I'm tired. You are tired? You will not go forward. Because spiritual things, the Bible says, deep calleth unto deep. Spiritual things happen. Things are, are giving when, when you pray. Are we good? We have children at the conference. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Yes. So, there's something about the art of prayer. When it comes to territory, uh, taking ministry, you have to understand that. Um, you have to be able to develop the art of praying for several hours. Several hours. Several hours. Several hours. You have to be able to pray for several hours. It's something you should be able to master if you are going to take territories. Several hours. Several hours. Several hours. Pray all night. Pray all day. Pray early in the morning. Several hours. Do that. You see that 
you cannot be denied certain things when you ask for them or when you go for them. I'm sure if the devil knew we were going to do this thing here, he, he would have stopped what we were doing. He wouldn't have given us the land. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy to go into territories. No, no, no. No, 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 no. There are supernatural forces preventing the influence of God's presence into areas. I'm telling you. The Bible says you cannot go into a strong man's house and take anything that belongs to him except you first bind him. How are you going to see the devil and bind him? He lives in, he lives in Stanley Town? Or he, he lives in Potential? You know his address, Lot 2 Potential Housing Scheme. So you are going to bind him. If you bind him, it's only Lot 2 things that you can take. You can't take anything spiritual. So you have to develop the art of praying for several hours. In tongues. Because if you speak English, you can't do more than 15 minutes. Yes, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the day. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my children. I thank you for their future. Thank you for their school. Thank you for the church. Thank you for your will. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, oh Lord. You are my God. Are you going to singing? Singing and prayer is different. <laughs> Ten minutes singing. You worship. And we said, oh, we worship. You worship? You can't pray. That's why you're worshiping. Man, when I enter the presence and I worship and I feel that there are things in the spirit that breaks. Okay. Okay. You use worship as an excuse. Master the art of praying for several hours. Luke, 9, Luke chapter 9 verse 18 says, And it came to pass as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him. He was alone praying. Alone praying. Every man of God should have a room in his house where he goes into and locks it up that no wife, no pumpkin, no darling can open the door. Padlock. Seven padlocks. Praise the Lord. I'm instructing now as a teacher that every man of God in his domain should have a room, a prayer room, a study. You will not do well if you don't have a separate space where you have your Bibles, where you have your books, where you have your, your, your music uh, devices, where you go and have fellowship with the Lord. If you don't have a special place like that, God will also not have a special place in your life. He said, if you are ashamed of me, I will also be ashamed of you. Man of God, if you don't have it, create it. Create a room or do a church office where you go and pray. But somehow, whatever it is, you need your space when it comes to you and God. That's how I have grown up. All my years in renting houses in Guyana, if I need two rooms, I'll go for three rooms. 
Because the third room will be my study. It's a room where when I go, I lock up. When I hear the children crying, me hear nothing. Because the other part of me is out there. She's supposed to be my helper. So I can't be moved from what I'm doing because she's supposed to help and help the children. Can't knock. If you knock, nobody will open the door for you. Yeah. A man of God must have that space. If you don't have that, you have not started ministry. Please resign as a pastor. <laughs> you need space. That is even the beginning of setting God aside in your life for a very special encounter. Joshua, you there? If you don't have that, you can't pray alone. Praying is alone. You can't pray in the bedroom. I mean, how can you pray when your wife is naked? Oh, no, me, I can't. <laughs> I have to bind some devils before I... <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know you, I don't know if you do well in that. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ah, I mean, you are fasting and praying and you're on, the, on your bedroom. And your wife is going around with her panties and her jeans drink. Ah! I bind a spirit of temptation in the name of Jesus. <laughs> it's difficult. You don't realize you're still praying and you're watching this. Right? <laughs> God says you. You don't have time for me. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> your prayer topic has changed. Say, Lord, please, can I be excused? <laughs> Lord, I'm asking for an excuse. There's temptation around me, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you understand what I'm saying. Now, if in your bedroom, the holies of holies is where you do your prayer, your Bible study, please, you have not started. No, there's, there's no seriousness yet. You have to dedicate space for you and God's personal, person-to-person interaction. So always create room. I know most, most of the time we don't have extra rooms in our houses. Place tight, full up. But you need room. If you're going to be a minister of substance, you need to be alone. You have to be alone. He was praying alone, alone. The time that he had. Jesus, Jesus, the son of God, was praying alone. Can you imagine that Jesus is praying and you, you are not Jesus, you are not praying. Number three, the art of praying with the spirit and with your understanding. I said that. So, number one, if you want to take territories, you have to develop the art of praying for several hours. Number two, you have to develop the art of praying alone, not a prayer meeting with the church leaders, alone. Jesus, when he was about to die, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He took Peter, James, and John with him. He left them and he went to pray alone. And then you have to learn to pray in tongues and also with your understanding. And then number four, the art of traveling prayer. We are talking about taking territories. It's very important that you take territories in your ministry. Sometimes to, to be able to move your church from 
an attendance of 50 to attendance of 100, you have to travel in prayer in the spirit realm. Nobody's going to add 50 people to your number just like that. Where are you going to get that from? Which devil should give you 50 people that he has already chained up? Which devil is so kind and should be nice to you? When you say you are a man of God, and he says he's devil of God, devil of devil, and he should give you 50 people to add to your church? No, 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 no. You have to get into traveling prayer. And traveling prayer is a kind of prayer you pray just like when a woman goes to the labor world to give birth. It's with a lot of sweating. It's a lot of tiredness. It's a lot of energy. You exert energy. The Bible says Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed so much that his sweat was like blood. How much have you prayed for your, your sweat to look like to be changed into blood? That's what ministry has not changed so much for you. I put to you that your problems is because you don't pray. Your ministry problems is because you do not pray. If you pray, if you develop the art of praying alone, the art of praying for a long time, the art of praying in a spirit and with your understanding, and the art of traveling prayer, you will take territories. You will take territories. I'm telling you, when you descend, when you go to a place to look for something, nobody can say no to you because when you go, you are going with a certain smoke of glory around you. Remember when Moses went to the mountains to be with the Lord? When he came down, the Bible says that the people could not look at his face. How many people are able to look at your face? People look at your face all the time. You don't feel nothing. <laughs> Hallelujah. The next ministry of appointment, how many do we have? We have four or five? Four. Three. The fourth is the comforting ministry. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. This book that I'm teaching from is available. It's in the Macarius. If you've not seen them, please ask at the foyer. It's available for, I think, a very, very reasonable price. The other single books and series that are available, make sure you take something with you home as uh, um, something from the conference. It will be a blessing. The comforting ministry. Bible says we mourn with those who mourn and then we rejoice with those who rejoice. One of the things that you need to develop in your ministry is that you have to learn how to comfort people in their difficult situations. You have to be there for your church members during funerals. Don't go and anoint people at funerals. The other day, I heard somebody went to, somebody lost a relative and a, a, a man of God went to the house. He started anointing the people in the house. I said, hey, people are not easy. <laughs> I'm going to anoint people in the house when there's a, there's a dead and they are crying. What is anointing supposed to be? You are anointed for something special, for good work, so, for ministry work. So. You don't pour oil on people just like that. Anointing people and all of that at, 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 at the bereaved family's house. Great man of God. 
Learn how to be there when your church members are going through bereavement. Once there's a death or there's bereavement, you must be there. You must be by their side. When my, both my parents are gone, but when they pass away, the bishops and the senior ministers in our church, they were with me from the beginning to the end, up to the burying ground. And I was there, they were trying to put my mother down, my father down, they were right by my side. If I look at the pictures, I feel more comfort. Because here you see a men of God with their clerical shirts and their suits standing side by side with me. It's so comforting. Right at the graveside. It's so comforting. And so to practice the comforting ministry, you have to be there when there's a bereavement. You have to be there when they are celebrating something. They are celebrating something, birthday, uh, baby dedication, all those things, all the good times in their lives, when they are celebrating, you have to be there, wedding anniversary, you have to be there. It's important to do that in celebrating the people and therefore practicing your comforting ministry. Don't go in and go out. Don't check in and check out. This, I, I, I check in to sign my name and I'm out. It's a lack of seriousness. When you go, sit down until the end. You go, you go to the wake. You be the one of the last people to leave. Then you go to the funeral. You go to the church. You do the viewing. Then you go to the burying ground. Everybody gone. You are still there. Be the last person to leave. As your church member is not leaving, you are also not leaving. And sometimes give them a little donation. Because in Guyanese funerals, you don't get nothing. People come and just eat your cook up. Like they're glad you father dead. <laughs> people are taking cook up home I don't understand why you take a funeral and wake food to your house what kind of thing is that the pastor is leaving the house at the wake and then he's carrying food to his house and the first time two boxes it's like one for you, one for your wife and one for the children and it's like the man of God is it food I refuse those things though I, culture, right? Ah, no, it makes them disrespect you. It makes them disrespect you. I came to the way to comfort you, to encourage you. I don't need your cook-up. I have cook-up at home. This is so, so, so like Pastor Sam is saying, uh, culture, 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 the respect of culture can take you off. It's not, it's taken off scripture. The Bible says you must be blameless. You must have a good report within and without. People can't say that, oh, when Pastor was leaving, we carried more smalter for he. We carried food for he. At a wake, I beg you. If I go to a party, maybe it's different. But the wake, people dead are you eating. What kind of man of God are you? <laughs> you know Guyanese. Guyanese will give you food. They will give you drinks. Guyanese don't joke with that. But you, the man of God, must separate yourself from some of the things that make people look at you like you are needy and you don't you blocks and no 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 I am blocks ah, I don't live in Brooklyn I am blocks <laughs> yes make a difference make a difference let it be known and be shown that you are ahead of them I mean cook up ah. chicken food <laughs> Yeah, prophet, chicken foot. Prophetic ministry with chicken foot. 
doesn't match at all. <laughs> and then sometimes you better you better go with somebody, you know, because sometimes the people will put the food right in your hand. I, I hate that. I hate that. It's not nice. If you are listening to me, anytime your pastor comes to your house and you have to give him something, don't put it in his hands. Either walk with him to his car and put it in his car. Don't push food into a big man's hand. Pastor, look. It's, it's very unethical. It's unethical. You have something to give to your pastor. Go around into the car. Even if pastor's wife is there, go straight to pastor and say, well, we got something for pastor. You know, please, how, we, how, we, how should we do it? Don't say, Pastor, some cook-up to go. Ah! You don't respect the man of God? <laughs> yeah, big black man. You load up the pie. Pastor, Pastor, you Pastor, we got more cook-up, you know. Then people ain't come. We got, we got more food. Okay, you add some two more boxes. <laughs> yeah. I said, guys are kind, they will load you up. If you don't be serious, they will load you up. They will load you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they will load you up. But if you do, at least, please, pastor, don't take it when it's weak, at least. Weak, feel sorry for the people. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah, rather, rather buy some water and some whatever and go and donate for the week. And say, you know what, Sister so so you know, very good member of the church, your mother died. We are not just coming to sit down there and eat your cook up and pray for you. And no, 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 we came with water or some juice, three cases of water. You know, so, you know, you serve, serve your, your guests with it. We rather have, there's more blessing in giving than in receiving. So we will be on the blessing side. We will come and give something than to receive. Please, don't like cook up too much. <laughs> now I say, I say funerals in Ghana is nice because you know, when we're doing all of this, the dead body is not there. In Ghana where I was born, at the wake, the dead body is right there. You will not eat. You will not eat. <laughs> you will not eat. <laughs> Your father is right there in the yard. You got time for cook up? You never eat cook up. <laughs> it's because the body is somewhere you don't care. So you eating cook up and playing domino. If the body was there, nobody will even come with food. You will not even have the taste. Yeah, they open in Ghana where I was born. They open the dead. The, my mother, our living room was converted into a garden. They put my mother on the bed in the living room. Everything was taken away from the living room. And people came, contractors came, they put these flowers all over the place. They brought a big bed. They put my mother there. They put newspaper here and she Bobby and she a brazier. And she, she, grew, she got Bobby one time when she was <laughs> they put her on the bed. When you come from the house, you go inside the house, she lying down watching you. You eating cook up? I'm sure she'll get up and come and say, Why are you doing? <laughs> you can't eat cook up. Appetite is gone. Yeah. So as a minister, you have to look at the culture and, and separate yourself from some, some things that are not important. 
Especially when you see how people come to the burial ground with short dresses, they are bobby showing. They are not serious. A place like that, and beer and all that, at places like that, you should be very professional. Yes. So be by their side during uh, when they are mourning. Be by their side when they are celebrating something. And if they happen, God forbid, if they happen to be in the hospital for something, they are sick, you have to be there. I've been several times to see my church members in the hospital. Sometimes when I go, the people say, oh, visiting hours. Oh, Bishop, visiting hours pass. I said, visiting hours pass? Don't worry. Don't worry. It's Guyana we live in. Guyanese are nice people. So I go and I say, you know what? I'm a pastor. I just heard that my serious church member was admitted here. Please, two minutes for prayer with she. Ah, there's no nurse who say no. <laughs> yeah, and I go in and I make sure that I'll spend like five minutes, ten minutes maximum, you know, talk, pray. I say, no, I will come back. I'll go back to them and say, thank you very much. God bless you. Which church do you go to? You know, you're not a Christian? I even try to preach to the nurse before I leave the place. I don't go. Visit now, there's enough people there. there. You disturb. I don't like going at this. I want to go when nobody is there. I can have time with a church member and pray with a church member. These are moments you can show your comforting ministry. What do you think? Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 4. Ezekiel chapter 34 and verse 4. Are you alive or you are sleeping? Yeah. That's why we don't like the lunch because the lunch put people to sleep. Negaritis, somebody said. <laughs> it's cook up. The diseased have you not strengthened? Neither have you healed that which was sick. Neither have you bound up that which was broken. Neither have you brought again that which was driven away. Neither have you sought that which was lost. But with force and with cruelty have ye ruled them. So God expects us to be there for them when they, are, they need strength. When they are sick, God expects us to be there to believe God and, and pray for their healing. God wants us to be by the side of the members of the sheep, comforting them in their difficult situation. The fifth ministry of a poor man, a poor man, Remember, we are dealing with shepherding, isn't it? If we are going to be, if you look at the fivefold ministry, it is a shepherd, is the pastor who really stays with the people for many years. And to stay with people for many years, you need to cause them to increase. They must grow spiritually. And they must increase and they must multiply. God gave Adam and Eve the garden and he told them, dress it and keep it. Be fruitful and multiply. And to be able to do that, there are things you need to acquire. And that's what we are looking at. Number five, the measurement ministry. The measurement ministry. In Revelation chapter 11 verse 1, it's a very, very critical ministry here. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 1. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God. 
and the altar and them that worship therein. It's very critical. Very critical. Just right there, verse 1. And there was giving me a reed like unto a rod. So again, the rod appears here. The rod appears here. And it says that, rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. Measurement. This is the ministry that causes you as a man or woman of God to examine yourself. Measure yourself. You see, it's very difficult for people to measure you because all, all of us pastors and ministers, you know, we are all men of God. It's, it's very, very difficult for somebody to come and say, hey, you're not doing well at all. What kind of nonsense are you doing? It, it, it's not very easy. And people, you know, you don't do that. It's, it's very rare. But you, as a man of God, should learn to take your rod and measure yourself. Measure the temple of God. This is the building. Measure the altar, your ministry, and measure the people you have. You should be bothered when the number of people you pastor does not increase. It should affect you. You should think about it. You should examine it. I've been preaching to these people. You, see, you have two sheep. And for 10 years, it's only the two sheep you have. Something got to be wrong. You have to take them for deliverance. <laughs> because if you have a boy sheep and a girl sheep, at least they must jump one another. At least you must get some children sheep from it. Baby sheep. For 10 years, you have a male and a female and nothing happening. You, 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 you got to be able to assess yourself. But many pastors don't do that. Every Sunday is business as usual. In fact, the day that people don't come, that's the day that the pastor is even very happy. Very excited. They say, worship was great today. Church was very powerful. Church was very powerful. Out of the 30 people, only 15 people came. Are you not concerned? Are you not concerned? Don't you care that sheep under your care are out there? They are lost. You must care. You must wonder. And so the measurement ministry is to be able to assess your own ministry to see whether you are doing well or not. The other day, I realized that, you know what, I'm not doing well here. Because on a, on a regular basis, we are just a little over 100 on a Sunday morning as we are building here. And I realized that the people who came in to help me, most of them came from Georgetown. So by the time they get here, they are tired. So the other day, I said, you know what, this is not how we started a church. We started a church by going into areas and mobilizing people, putting them in a bus and bringing them to church. I said, since we came here, people have become lazy because the only work they do is to find their way here. 
have to examine myself and say, no, 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 no. Every Sunday, 120, 125, 115, 110. I am now preaching in the church that every church member should have a Bible study in their home. Every church member. Because I can't stand every Sunday, 100 and something, every Sunday, 100 and something. I can't stand it. I have to examine myself. I say, no, this space here, what do you think we're building this church for? For 120? This is supposed to be a pre-pandemic, 1,000 people. 100? What do you mean by what, what am I going to do with 100? What do I do with 100? 100? No. So every Saturday, I'm mobilizing all my church members to have what you call a church in their home. And the secret about it is that if you read the Bible, when the church started in the book of Acts, when Jesus said, I'll build my church, when the church started in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2 verse 46, the Bible says they were meeting in the temple and then they were meeting from house to house. So that is the blueprint. You have to have a revelation about that. It means that the real church is not just the Sunday. It is also the weekday where in people's homes the church meets. We've been doing that for years. That's how we've been building our church over the years. Except that when we moved here, it's like people have become very lazy. Then the Lord showed me that one of the reasons why we don't do well is that the churches are not in the homes of the members and the leaders. We are always looking for people in a particular area, their homes to have the church. And then what happens is that when the meeting is 6 o'clock, when you go, they are still cooking. Then at the point, they say, me want nobody in my house. So those kind of things disturb. It's like we give the authority to these house owners to just make any decision anytime, whether they are influenced by the devil or not. Sometimes there's some uncle, child father, who is sexing the woman, who comes to tell the woman, me want no church in here. And the place is not even for him. But because it's something, that, it's something about God and spiritual, the devil find avenue to try and stop it. And the person who they can use is this owner of the house who has an open door to an uncle. Big uncle. Fella comes. Can you believe it? That you're having church, a meeting, Bible study in a lady's house. Then her fella comes. Not husband. Fella. Banner. Banner. Comes and say, You are no church here. Then the, the, the woman will say, eh, You know, me, 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 child, me, you know, man, we can't have no church here, man. We must find somewhere. You can't believe it. But having a church in your house is such a great blessing. But fella can close down the church in the house. It's amazing. So this time around, we are saying that. The church members understand what I'm preaching and teaching. And so they should rather have meetings in their house. And I'm saying, don't, nobody is coming to your house. You are the pastor in the house. If you read the, the letters of the Apostle Paul, you see him referring to a lot of churches in people's homes. Romans chapter 16, verse 3 and 4, Priscilla and Aquila, he says, I, I greet them, I greet them, and the church in their house. It was a common thing in the New Testament when the church started. As the church has grown, we don't have spaces in the house anymore for that principle. That's why the church is not growing. Because it's very easy to wake up in the morning, 
call neighbor, call neighbor, call neighbor. Let me go to church. It's easier than taking your own children to church. Who wouldn't want to come to the church? The church family is more of the outside than the inside. Especially if the inside does not receive what is going on. And so I have assessed myself. I said, no, 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 no. I want to have all the chairs that we have reached. I want to have them. And I want people to sit on them. But how do we do that? I have to use the measurement, the rod to measure myself. Yeah, yeah. It's because you don't measure yourself. That's why you're feeling nice around here. Measure yourself and see. <laughs> you call yourself a pastor. Do you do prayer? Do you do, do PVC? Eh? Do you even have sheep you take care of? How many sheep do you have? You have to bring sheep to the church and give you a tent to watch over. And then you walk around and say you call yourself pastor. Pastor? Pastor, are you not ashamed? You call yourself pastor. When you don't have anybody you are responsible for? Assess yourself. If you do that, you go forward. Yeah, the Bible says, examine yourself. Examine yourself. It's right there. Where's the scripture? There's a scripture that says that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First Corinthians or Second Corinthians 13 and verse 5. Let's read it. Second Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. Examine yourself. Yeah. Examine yourself. That's why you're coming to the Holy Communion table. The Bible says, examine yourself. That's where the, it's, 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 it's from. There's, there's another scripture there as well. Examine yourself whether you be in the faith. So measure, measure the temple. Measure the altar. Measure the people. Is it, there are many pastors who don't even know how many people come to church on a Sunday in their church. How come you are a sheep keeper? You don't know how many sheep you have. How come you have money in the bank and you don't know? It's your problem. I will call you and say, oh, you have 10,000 in your account. So, oh, I didn't know. There's nobody like that. <laughs> you rather go to them and say, it was 15 and I see 10. What happened to my five? But you don't do that to your ministry. You can't sit down and say, you know what? For this whole year, I have not fasted. I don't remember the last time I prayed for seven hours. You don't measure yourself. And if you don't do that, the areas where you need polishing, you will not be polished and your ministry will not be amplified. And God didn't call us to just be sitting around mediocre, nothing, you know, nobody. That's not what God called. Anybody God called they became great. If you look into the Bible, the main role players, their names you can't forget. You can't forget Noah. You can't forget Moses, David, Solomon, Saul. You can't forget them. Peter, James, John. So, so you also should not be forgetting your name, Kitendo Job, should be a name that is known in a sequel. If I come to a sequel and I say, they don't know Kitendo Job, something's wrong. It means that the man is not examining himself. You don't have a keyboardist. You don't have a projector. You don't have a laptop. None of, them, none of those things move you. You're just there. You have people in the church. Nobody plays keyboard. It doesn't, it doesn't concern you. It doesn't concern you. 
It doesn't concern. You are going to do well if you will measure yourself. Yes. Measure yourself. This year, have I been to a conference? Because as a pastor, at least you should go to a conference once a year, at least. That's why we are having this forum once a year for those who will be able to will, 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 will come once a year. Go to a conference. Hear somebody else say something. You might pick up something from it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah. Assess yourself. Since you started a church, you are the only pastor. 20 years, you are the only pastor. If your wife goes on vacation, the church is finished. And you can't go on vacation and leave your wife also. So, you can't go on vacation. Think about it. Think about it. Maybe in ministry, you don't have anybody who is your assistant. And I'm not saying, you see, I'm not saying people who you just call titles People who are relevant and significant, who can do the things. Train them and appoint them. Assess yourself. Since you came back from Bible school, what have you achieved? Assess yourself. Don't let Bishop Collins come and say, and then you, 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 you carry feelings with me. I talk in your name. No, you assess yourself. Since you came from Manpower, what have you done with your ministry? If anything, I thought you backslided. Yes. Since you came back from seminary, what have you done? I didn't go to seminary, but I'm doing a conference. You went to seminary and you're not doing any conference. So who really went to seminary? <laughs> I didn't go to seminary. I was trained informally, distance. Informal pastoral training program. You went to the place, you lived there three years. All the Gethsemane prayers, 12 hours on a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Examine yourself. You've been a Christian for three years. What do you do? Warming the chair all the time. You sit in all the time. You don't do anything. Yes. If you marry for three years and you, do, you don't have anything, you will cry. You blame the man who you married. This man is dead for nothing. The man dead for nothing. Can't do nothing. Can't buy care. Can't take you nowhere. Even on the very he can't remember. He dead for nothing. You talk. You would, you would say it, pa. But you fail to assess yourself as a Christian, as a pastor, as a man of God, as a woman of God. At least I have, I've raised pastors. So you can't tell me that I don't have pastors. I have pastors. All of you sitting on this room are my pastors. You can't tell me I don't have pastors. Do you have a pastor? Do you have, a, do you have a, a, an assistant? It is my pastor who when you are not there, you want her to preach for you. It's not you who raised nobody. That's why you have to respect me. In your feelings and in your high fever and when your, your devilish demons come upon you, you have to remember who I am in your life. Yeah? Because you don't have any, even an iota of what I have. 
Joshua, true or false? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you catch hay fever, you should remember. Yeah, you have to understand. Oh, Keith. Yes. Yeah, but they should understand. Your pastor's assistant should understand. They are not where you are at. They should respect you. Yes. My pastors are in this session. That's why I'm talking like that in this session. When I, when I go here, I'll speak differently. When I come here, I'll speak differently. <laughs> These are all my pastors. All of them are my pastors. Can you stand? Let the people see you. All my pastors. Look at them. All the pastors in Shepherd House. Can you stand? Wow. Look. 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 These are, these are some at the back too. What? Wow. For 17 years, this is some of the people I have given birth to. I'm not the only pastor. I'm not the only pastor. <laughs> and I want more. I want more. I was sending four people to the uh, uh, seminary the other day, and immigration people uh, took them, brought them back to Guyana. I said, we will find tickets and send them again. You should never forget those things. We are spending money on you to you to, to become a pastor. I said, when demons attack you, you must remember the anointed in your life. You should rather come for prayer rather than do stupidness. I should say it again. I said, when they... <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. You can understand how much it is to pay to buy a ticket to go to West Africa. For four, five people or four people? Five, four people? Four. And then halfway, they send them back to the country. Now you have to find money for another four people, even if it's $2,000. That's $8,000. What, 1.6 million? Wasted. Now when you finally send them, they come back as pastors. Apostle June, do I have to say anything? Let you come and shine my shoe. <laughs> Shining my shoe is not even leaving anything. I should ask them, how many of them do anything? I said, you should examine yourself. If you're a man of God, if you want to examine, examine, let me tell you, you don't have an excuse. It is better you are not a pastor than be a pastor and not do what a pastor does. It is better. It is better. It is better. And the conference has, it comes and started this morning. Yeah, yeah assess yourself. Yeah. We have churches in seven out of the, six out of the, seven, seven out of the ten regions. I need to cover the other three. Who is going? It's coming. From where? I'm watching. Where is it coming from? I'm watching the people. Yeah. Who, Pastor, that is good. Who is studying man, studying woman, studying children, studying work, studying job? I can't tell people studying. <laughs> I need a man. I need a man. God called you to use a man you need. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. God bless you. They are nice people. Very, very nice people. Yeah, and they are all Guyanese. I said one Ghana man who is sitting down there, and one Ghana woman. <laughs> but all of them are Guyanese. 
and they are products of my work here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's not, that's what makes me a bishop. A bishop is not something that I want and I've taken. That's my staff right there. Yeah. It is the an amount of pastors and churches I have that makes me a bishop. It's not a title I've put on myself. I didn't even put, give it to myself. It was my father who gave it to me. You remember? You were there with me in Ghana. Yeah. Because yeah. a bishop is an overseer. He's a pastor of pastors. You watched it. You were not there, but you watched it. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's assess ourselves. How, how big is your church building? You know, when we were constructing, we were designing this, I spoke to my father in, in the ministry. He said, Colin, so what size do you think will work? And we were working with meters. So I said, 30 by 60. 30 meters by 60. He said, hey, Charlie, that one is big. He said, uh, uh, why don't you do 23.5 by 50? I said, Bishop, I, I feel like the small room, I need 30 by 60. He said, Charlie, Colin, that one is very big. You do 23.5 by 50. I said, I said, all right, you, you know, you are my father. You know, <laughs> you are up there. So, down the west, I will, I will, I will set it for you. But you see that very soon, this place will be too small for us. Yeah. If you are going to follow this social distancing, it's just about 200 and something people. When we get the 500, you see that we have to go back to touching and hugging and thing. Brace up. It's, it's a little tight. But we are going to have it. By the grace of God, we will have 1,000 people sitting out here. Even if it's two services, it's going to happen. Because examining yourself makes you, take, make, make, takes you forward. So check your church building. And I passed a friend on the East Bank that, you know, I don't know why he's talking to me no more. You know why I do to him. But, you know, when I used to go to his church, I said, you know what, this your building is small. This your building is small. If he had not stopped talking to me, maybe he would have done better by now. But he stopped talking to me when I call him, mind me. When I send a message, it doesn't. So I said, okay, if, no, if the person that doesn't like you, you got to be quiet and stay in your corner. You can't have one church building at what? At 20 feet by 40 feet for 20 years. You're a bad businessman. You are a very bad businessman. <laughs> you have to be opening up. You have to be breaking walls. You have to be renovating. You have to be stretching. The Bible says, break forth on the left, break forth on the right, enlarge your coast, enlarge your territory. That's the Isaiah prophet. That's the prophet. Enlarge, break forth. I started 2005 in a small room. It was like where this banner is up to here to where the guys are. That's where I started a church in Georgetown. 21st August 2005. Then, the people saw that I was driving a car, so they said I should pay rent. I start church, three people, four people, I should pay rent. Minga no money. So I decided to move out to a free place. So I moved to St. John's College, the secondary school, on, on Waterloo Street. I went to rent, uh, use the auditorium, which was a little bigger, maybe like, to listen to me, the puppet. But then, 
you know, when they are doing CXE, you can't use the place. And we're very close to the, 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 the washroom. We used to smell bad. You know, students school and their washroom. And we're there, we're there, we're there. And then my father told me that I should find a building and he'll buy it, he'll pay it for me. So I was very excited. I started driving around and I saw this building in East La Penitence. I said, I like that building. <laughs> and so I told the owner, you should give it to me. I want to use it because I want to buy it. He says, no problem. I, I prefer a church meets there than the disco that somebody's using the place for disco and uh, oldies and all of that. So pastor, take the key, go and use it and pray for me. I said, no problem. Good man of blessed memory. Memory. So I was there for a few months. Then he come and said, Pastor, I thought you said you're going to buy the building. I said, yeah, man, but me get money also. And he said, if you ain't got no money, must bring back me key. <laughs> I said, hey. So I called my father. He said, no problem. I'll send you some money. And then he sent me some money. And we paid down. And we started paying for it. And then we secured that building. I had always felt that that building was small for me. Because I know I can do better. So when he said he was going to send me a prefabricated steel from China, that's it, the cathedral and the office block, I said, praise the Lord. He said, are you sure I'm not bringing you a problem in Guyana? I said, no, 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 no. I didn't know anything, but I said, yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Anytime I send him pictures, I said, you've not finished the building. They were small, 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 small. <laughs> it's a simple thing. And a man of God was telling me, he said he was talking to uh, the person sitting next to him. He's a businessman. He was saying that. He looked up. He saw the hollow section. He said, boy, this thing is money, man. If you, if, you, if you are into business, you understand what is up there. Hallelujah. If you are not into business, you don't understand anything what is up there. You see squares. <laughs> Yeah, silver things and squares. You will never know the currency equivalent of what is up there in the sky. And that should show you the integrity of what we're doing. That this, it can't compare to what you think somebody is taking or something. This can't compare. And so when we got this chance, bought this land. Nine acres. Bush. I said, no problem. The building in front, it was good for nothing. The every Sunday, we come with the boys, we do something little, little, little. Now we have something there that helps us. There's a washroom down there, we call it Miracle Washroom. Everybody uses that washroom. We're over 100 people, everybody goes there. <laughs> Yeah, it's a miracle, miracle washroom. People manage themselves over there. I mean, somehow, some way. I have nice church members, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, 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 it serves over 100 people on a weekly basis. It's a miracle toilet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So assess yourself. So when you came here, put this thing up. I said, this place must be full. So that's a challenge. And so as I'm here, I'm also supervising other ministries. I want to have churches down the top of Brazil, which is close to Letem. There are three Brazilian towns, Bonfim, 
Bovista and Manaus. Manaus has two million people. I'm sending some boys there very soon. I, I'm assessing myself. I say, you know what? I can't just sit down here in canal number two and feel that I'm a champion. I am no champion of nothing. As I'm trying to build, I'm also giving people the opportunity to also do something. And by doing that, I'm spreading. We are moving forward. Taking territories for the Lord. I tell you. <laughs> Taking territories. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. If somebody tells you, you think that they are disrespectful, you think that they are, you know, they don't know your calling, you think that they are, so you examine yourself. Sit down and say, I am a man of God. I was appointed this year. I was appointed in 1996. I was ordained in 2003 instead of 2004, Keith. 2003. You skipped that one. And I was consecrated in 2017. You're there. (laughs) She watched it. Yeah. I have to. There is, I can't say that this thing I've done is enough. What about if I go and meet God and God says, well, enough? Who told you that? So let me just do as much as I can do. So that when I get there and that is not enough, at least I know that I did so much. Maybe it's God who is not being nice to me. But I can't do little, Abigail, in Batica. I can't do so little and expect God to be happy with me. No. Hey. Charlie. Women and their phones. They drop it. Ah. <laughs> she makes. <laughs> so, man of God, please assess yourself. Woman of God, assess yourself. Check your temple. How big is it? I met a pastor from East Romveld. He was telling me that East Ramville has 7,000 people. Then I looked at his church building and immediately I received instruction that this man does not understand the 7,000 he's talking about. Because if there are 7,000 people here and this small church building you have, it means you are not prepared to get people in this community into your church. If you know the population of this area, it means you know the area very well. But the wisdom is not translated into how many people you have in your church. Examine yourself. Are we going to examine ourselves? You have to examine yourself. We are ministers. One day we will stand before God. And he will judge us accordingly. The Bible says the judgment shall start in the house of the Lord. So don't, don't, don't just feel free and move around and say, oh, you know, eh, you know, it's work. You know, it's money. The day you meet God, you, you can't open your mouth. Though. You say that I am of unclean lips. You tell you, you all the things that you have to say here as excuse, you will not be able to say anything when you meet God. The day that King Hosea died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. You will not be able to say anything. Like how bold you are to say all things over the non-performance behavior in the ministry you have. You can't say that. So watch it. Examine yourselves. Number six. 
the ministry of correction. <laughs> Pastors should be able to correct people. I remember once upon a time there was a young lady who used to come to church. She would always come late when I'm preaching. Always come when I'm preaching. When she come to church. And everybody would be looking at her. One day I called her and said, Sweetie, when you are late, don't come. <laughs> don't come when you are late. It's like, what, what? You are attracting, you want to attract the attention when the man of God is preaching? What do you do in the house? Ah, that makes you come when the pastor is preaching. And then when you are coming to, you are tiptoeing like nobody can see you. We are even seeing you more. That was the end of, end of it. And then once upon a time, I had a group of church workers. And then, I think this lady didn't know or didn't, I don't, I don't think she probably believed what I didn't like. One day she came to church with Iwig. I said, this church? Iwig? I don't know them things. Iwig? You are a leader in the church. You get Iwig? I will pluck it out of your eyes. <laughs> you come and sit in the church and you looking like Barbie. You're like, Barbie. No, 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 no. Let the church members, if they don't, they want to do that, that's fine. But you can't be a church leader with Iwig. I don't, I don't support that. If you're a church deacon or elder in the church, Iwig is forbidding. Yeah. That day, that was the days when Iwig, they used to put super glue. You know super glue? <laughs> it's not this fancy one that you put it on, you take it off. I saw you put one on your body or something. <laughs> yeah, trots, I saw you. And it makes you look different. We don't even recognize you anymore. I said, is that Venetia? I punched the DP. I said, whoa. People is changed. Just so. <laughs> that was the day of crazy glue, I wake. Now they have developed. I think you put it on, you take it off like that. I know that's a it's a magnet or something you use. That same night, she went to him and put she eye in hot water. Because she knew that she can't come back to the church with the same eye wake. If you're a leader, you have to behave in a certain way. You correct people. There can't be anybody in the church you shouldn't be able to correct. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I, I can't hang my heart where my hand can reach. It's not a scripture, but it's, it's true. <laughs> it's not in the Bible, but it's true. Nobody hangs their heart where their hand can reach. If you're going to be a leader, you have to be decent. You have to dress properly. You have to have... I, you see, so sometimes, you know, when they say they are going out, then they forget that the only they post their pictures are going to see. So sometimes you see some of the leaders, they go out, they take pictures. Oh, movie town floor. Then you see them, the back is showing like that. The whole back is showing like some, some chicken meat that is showing like that. And I watched, I said, what? Is that my church leader? 
with a back showing like that. Yeah. When it comes on the I preaching, I preaching with the same preacher. <laughs> you see, sometimes some church members say, Oh, the pastor is preaching with you. Who else should I preach with? Who else? Which do- I should go and take an animal in a bush and preach to. I preach about you and your behavior. That's correction. Who else should I preach about, Ned? Yeah. Ah, yeah. When this boy came from Georgetown to look for a girl here in, in uh, Perfect Harmony. Riding bicycle, bicycle got punched out on the hammer bridge. He pushed the bicycle. A red girl. <laughs> I'll talk about it and make you know that it's not, it's not, it's not Christian. Can you, can you believe that the guy sits on a bicycle from East La Penitence all the way to Perfect Harmony because of a girl? Yeah. <laughs> And he gets a puncture on the road, and you see him pushing the bicycle on a harbor bridge for a girl. He turned him back. He's not. He's not getting the message that God wants him to turn back. Mission impossible. Just for some little bracing up, bracing up, a little bracing up. Yeah, a little bracing up. You pushing bicycle on the bridge. Yeah, when I heard about it, I spoke about it. Oh, hey, me, unless I don't heal. Oh, I'll talk about it. I don't, correction, I don't waste time at all. I don't waste time at all. Correction, oh, please. Let me. If I'm going to do my pastoral ministry, correction is part. There's a rod of correction. A rod of correction. And sometimes we say it, people don't like it, but I don't care. I say it and I done. Yeah. One day I went to the church, he was there, and his pants was down like that. I said, You are you a pastor? He's a sweet boy. It's a regular boy. I said, You go to Bible school. Are you sure you're a pastor? Go and put on a belt and pull up your pants or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, unless I don't see it. I'll talk about it. It's the ministry of correction. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 21. Correct your people. If you correct them, some people will be angry, but as you continue to do it, they'll get used to correction. Yeah, and when they love you, they will not be offended by it. Mm. Sometimes you lose people, but it's, it's okay. Those who you lose, it's okay. They are, they, they are worthy to be lost. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what will you? Shall I come unto you with a rod? Or in love and in the meek, in the spirit of meekness? He said, I am coming home. You want me to come with a rod? Because you misbehaving. I come and deal with you right there. I come and sort you out. Brush you up, brush you up, brush cutter. You brush up. Because the things I'm hearing, you need some little brushing up. A minister must develop his correction ministry. If you are raising children and you can't correct them, 
you are going to have bad children. You can't blame anybody but yourself or your children grow up and they are something else. Yeah. You can't blame anybody but yourself. And when you talk his story, he's, he's, he's sucky still. You are no time to suck no tip on me. My lefty, 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 lefty. Nami, Nami Ata. I love you, nobody. I'll talk. I'll talk. So when you do that, when they see you, they sit up. And they know you're around, they cool off. Yeah. Correction. Correction. That's why our schools are spoiled. That's why our children, our youth, they are spoiled because there's no correction. I said, I wish I was a head teacher. Nobody will come to my school. <laughs> hey! School starts at 9 o'clock. 8.59, I'm locking the gate. 8.59. I am not telling you go and bring your parents. I don't care. You are not coming to the school. Let your child come and tell you oh, school was nice today. It's okay if they tell you school was nice today. <laughs> I lock the gate. School always nice. With the parent comes, I said, he didn't come to school the whole time. Yeah. Because he always comes after nine, and I always lock the gate on Yeah, GTI, right? I like GTI. They lock people. I like the system, huh? They lock you out. Yeah, I like it. I like it, yeah. I lock you out. You see, when you pass Wolf over, you see they are standing on the roadside. I see all these boys, they're very wild animals. Yeah, they need discipline. And it's, 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 it's quite hypocritical because some institutions, they enforce it. And, and the, the regular secondary schools, they don't do anything. Yeah, like CBC, those who stay on campus, it's not very easy for you to get out. I think you need permission and go to a system before you can go out and all of that. But the regular secondary school, nobody cares. Yeah. Cowboy town. Antichrist church school the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Phyllis and Co. Yeah. Yeah, Antichrist Church. <laughs> yeah, there's no more Christ. Correction. I preach, the sound is not nice. After church, I talk to the sound people. Yeah. I don't get the scriptures I want. I tell the lady, sometimes when I can't control myself, I, I say it right when I'm preaching. Sometimes when I'm gentle, I talk about it after church. There's nothing you do in the church that if you make a mistake, we will just let you go. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no, no. Correction. It is a ministry. It is, yes, no, if, if you don't correct the people, they will not get better. And a pastor should not be afraid to correct people. If your, your ministry is going to be amplified, you need to be able to correct people. And the last of the seven ministries is the feeding ministry. The feeding ministry. The feeding ministry.
the feeding ministry. One of the important ministries also in a pastoral ministry gift is the feeding ministry. Remember, this is the gift we are talking about, the gift that is very stable in the church. And to even think about it, most church members don't respect their pastors. They don't, not, maybe not, not, not respect, but they don't see the value of their pastors. It is always nice when a visiting minister comes and then he comes to do magic and then he goes away and the people say, oh, the man of God was great. And meanwhile, you have been with them for years. They don't say you are great. Yeah. That is why my father in the ministry has taught us to do some of these things ourselves because when other people do it, the people learn to always uh, see others more important than you. You are the best feeding person to your church. You are the best mother to the church. Nobody feeds the church better than you. A minister can come and come and preach one hour, preach two hours, do a revival. But for the rest of the year, you are the one with them. You are the one who is giving them milk. If they are, if they are crying, you are the one who is comforting them. If there's a problem, you are the one solving it. If there's this, the visiting minister, he has come to show whatever he has, he's gone. He may not even pass there again. It's a visitor. And visitors are always looked at very differently. But the pastor is the best feeder of his congregation. The pastor is the best person who feeds the people. I know what my people need. Every mother knows what what their children need. But you see, children, they like eating outside too. (laughs) They can get the best cook in the house, but they like eating at the neighbor's house. And so you have to learn to direct the attention. If you give birth to a child as a baby, whose breast do they drink from? The neighbor's breast? Oh, are you sure? When you were a baby, you were drinking your, your, your neighbor's breast by your mother? The mother is the best person who feeds the child. So we are also the best people to feed our church because we know our church. But sometimes some of us are not able to say some of the things. That's why visitors come to say it for you. Prophet, I was listening to my father again and he was preaching in South Africa. He said, you know what? He said, don't invite me to come and tell your people what you have to tell them yourself. <laughs> Before they don't like me and then they like you, they say, when they hear me come, they say, that man, we ain't going to church. <laughs> you should be able to be strong enough to tell your church what they need to hear. Jesus told Peter in John chapter 21, verse 16. Remember when Jesus was asking Peter, Peter, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said, yes, I love you. He said, feed my sheep. You have to feed the church in word. You see, if you don't offer the church the variety of meal they need, they'll go out somewhere and eat. Because children, they licorice bad. <laughs> Learn to make ice cream. 
Learn to make milkshake. Learn to make all the things that, that you cost at all the things that children like. Yeah. By this, I mean that don't just preach to them. Learn to pour oil on them. You got to get some oil. <laughs> you got to learn to lay your hands and pray until they fall down. So they will believe that, yes, some power, you have some power. Otherwise, when they see somebody praying for people and they are falling out, they'll go to that church because they like to fall down too. <laughs> and you for making them fall down. That's how some people even push people. They say, you want to fall down? Okay. Touch! <laughs> Take it fall. <laughs> Hallelujah. Learn to anoint them. Learn to pray for them. Learn to do healing services. Deliverance services if you want to do it. But I, I will recommend don't do it every week. It doesn't make sense. You should do evangelism rather. Yeah, deliverance service every week. It doesn't, doesn't, you analyze it and see if it makes sense. And then you make the decision for yourself. Yeah, do it. Camp meetings. Take them away to the highway and be there for this. Yeah, revival. To try and do all of that yourself. Early morning prayer. Late night prayer. Do all of it. Do bora, kalaloo, pumpkin, rice, cook up, chowmin. Give them all the necessary things. And you can give it to them. Just learn. Learn from people and do it also. Yes. I remember when uh, um, I used to pray for people and I would lay my hands, they would fall down. I get very excited. Charlie, you put your hands on somebody and they fall. It's very powerful. Until one day, Bishop Saki came to uh, uh, the church I was pastoring in Holland. And he didn't lay hands on people who were falling. I said, what? I like that too. <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> Why is it that <laughs> me, I have to put my hands on people? I also want to stay away and let people fall. And I watch and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Power. <laughs> Until it happened to me, I said, man. Yeah, so now, I, you know, I don't, I don't even have to touch people. Oh, I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you COVID, they say you shouldn't touch people. You see that? If it's, if it's falling down, oh, people fall down. It's not a problem. <laughs> it's not a problem. Hallelujah. So, peace, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. Micah chapter 7, verse 14. Micah chapter 7 and verse 14. Micah chapter 7 and verse 14. Feed thy people with thy rod. <laughs> the flock of your heritage who dwell or which dwell solitarily in the wood. So again, you see rod here and it's talking, it's linking the rod to feeding. So the pastor cannot run away from feeding when he has a rod. As much as possible, be the one preaching all year through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Few times, you invite one or two people to come and, you know, it's like ice cream. Take them for 
drive through ice cream. <laughs> so they feel excited. But 90% of the time, be the one preaching and teaching. Because what it is is that what you give them is what they, be, what they become. And the visitor who comes is just a, a session that he can you know, add up. Paul said, I planted Apollos watered. So he'll just come and water. But the planting is, is the pastor of the church who plants. So for example, you want them to learn how to pay tithe. You are the one who knows the tithe situation of your church. So you know how to preach the tithe. It's even going to be more relevant when you preach about tithe. Because you know that half of the church, they don't pay tithe. Even the, the, the church board uh, uh, chairman, he doesn't pay his tithe. Yeah, so when you're preaching, you, stay, you, you go right where he sits and you preach about the tithe. <laughs> Next board meet, you see how he put you in trouble. <laughs> it's like, there's a person who's like me, you were, you were talking about or something. You make a case after that. <laughs> You are the best. You are the best for your children. Give them your breast. Let them drink from your breast. Neighbor's breast is not the right breast. That is why when God, when a woman gets pregnant, God has systems in place that milk is generated from the woman herself. There's no pregnant woman when she, who is getting ready to uh, give birth who goes to the supermarket to buy breast milk to feed their children. God gives it to the person who is carrying the baby to do the feeding herself. In the same way, you are the one who should feed them. Preach. And preach some things. One of the things we do in our church, for example, is every year we preach about tithing. If you see all these things, a lot of it is tithe. If you joke with your tithing, you will not have money in the church. And tithing is like a revenue God has given to the church. So you can't let the people... Uh, just sit in the church and not pay tithe. And monitor it. Be strong and monitor it. Write everybody's name who pays tithe. Those who pay tithe, write their name and call them to the office for a meeting. Now the Bible says you are cursed if you don't pay tithe. And I don't want to curse people in my church. Do you pay tithe and be blessed or you go to the next church with your curse? <laughs> hmm. A lot of what you are doing is tithe. As for offering, is not guaranteed, but a tithe is a guaranteed. One-tenth of your increase is the revenue. It's 14% VAT. That's what God has given to the church. So every, you can't make an excuse because the Bible says that if I am your father, where is my honor? As for offering, when you have, you give. When you don't have, you don't give. But tithe! Don't tell me you don't, you don't work. Don't tell me you don't have a salary. If you don't have a job, come I'll pray for you, you get a job. And you start paying tithe. It is imperative that everybody pays tithe. It is, it is so much money that we allow to go because we are not strong in that area. So in our church, we preach about tithe every year, at least twice. If you don't preach it, if you don't feed them, they will not do it. Even the, way, the reason why we, 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 we teach it for two times is that when you preach it, you see that People change their behavior. The tithe giving goes up. After three months, it comes down again. If you check the statistics, because <laughs> people are rebellious. You do it in your church and see. Do a graph of your tithe payers when you start preaching about tithe. And there's a book on tithe in the Macarius. I recommend it to you. Why non-tithing Christians become poor? It's right there. 
You can get the, the whole Macarius. You'll be blessed by that. Teach it twice. Beginning of the year and then getting the end of the year. Especially Christmas time. Many people use their tights to buy blinds and, and do things. <laughs> Preach about tithe. Yeah, feed them with tithe. Let them understand that there is no blessing in withholding your tithe from God. I pay tithe as a pastor. I don't expect anybody in the church that I pastor not to pay tithe. Then preach about loyalty. Read them books. Loyalty, you have, you have the loose books? Loyalty, give me the loyalty books. Preach about loyalty. You are talking about the feeding ministry. It's time to bring the whole thing. The preacher about the feeding ministry, that's a book on tithing. And I have a book of books on loyalty. Books on loyalty. Well, you have enough books on loyalty. Loyalty is faithfulness. If you don't have faithful members, your church will never work. If you are building something and then every day when you come, the blocks that you've laid, somebody comes to take the blocks away. You'll never finish your building. So you need the church members to be faithful. And to be faithful means that you have to cast out pretends those who pretend a lot of our church members they pretend they smile with you and they tuck your name they tuck your name behind you <laughs> hallelujah then we have those who leave you those who leave you you pray for them you give them aisle you do deliverance and then they leave the church yeah. Every deliverance after two years, they say they're going to another church. Huh. I've been casting out devils from you all the time. Now you're going somewhere else. <laughs> now you, you are better no demons, so you're you're taking your, your, your full health to another church. It's not correct. You have to teach them not to leave the church. It's very important. Yeah. Those who forget what you have done for them. What the church has done for them. You have to teach it. If you don't teach it, they will forget and they will misbehave. This is a disease called forgetitis. Forgetitis. Georgetown Hospital can't solve it. It's this teaching, this feeding. Yeah. And the beauty of this is that you don't have to do the research. The research is done for you. All you have to do is just go through the books. You just read and, and just use the book. Sometimes pastors, we read the books and then we go and preach to the people and not let them see. Give the books to them. Let them read it also for themselves. They will read something that you even forgot to talk about. Those who forget, you have to preach and feed them against forgetfulness. That's what I'm telling the people who go to Bible school. It's, it's, it's to remind them. I should tell them, right? <laughs> Those who are ignorant. A lot of ignorance are in the church. You have to teach them against ignorance so the devil doesn't uh, take advantage of them. And there are some sons who are dangerous. 
I took people to Bible school. I drove them to another country, rented places for them to have church there. And then they become madmen now. They are mad. Mad. Forgetful, ungrateful, dangerous. Yeah. Many are mad. Few are. Few are roaming. Those who accuse you. You have to teach about accusation in the church. When your wife wears new shoes, they think it's a church money. You have to teach against it. It's only God. Don't worry them. <laughs> yeah. Those who accuse you. They say all kinds of things about you. You have to teach the accusation of the devil. He's the accuser of the brethren. If you don't teach it, you'll not get it. So this is food. This is feeding. And as you, as you give them the food, you build their immune system against coronavirus. Ignoritis. Loyalty and disloyalty. Teach them to be faithful in the church. To be faithful. To be consistent. To be dependable. To be trustworthy. If you are going to play the keyboard, then you should play the keyboard all the time. Don't let us start church and you are not there. Hey, that's the end of your keyboard. We will do club hand. We will do club hand church. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You can't be in the church, I pastor. And it's like what you are doing, I am privileged. I am privileged. You are privileged. I read my Bible. If you don't read your Bible. Loyalty and disloyalty. It's a disease you have to feed your church against. One of the things I love about this book is a chapter that talks about loyalty, lessons on loyalty. And one of the lessons is that loyalty demands full persuasion. You cannot be part of a church if you are not fully persuaded. You cannot be part of a, man, a, a, a certain a pastor's ministry if you are not fully persuaded. If you are going to be in shepherd house, it's not like you are you are thinking, you are wondering, is this the right place to be? I praying. I don't like people who come around and say, I'm praying. Get out. When you are hungry, when you see food, pray. That is to praise the Lord. I want to pray whether I should eat or not when you are hungry. I feel like I shouldn't eat. You won't say that. You, please, for more. You pray to ask the Lord whether you should eat. There's a lot of nonsense church members tells us. I'm praying for the Lord to reveal to me. Which Lord? Which Lord? Which Jumbi are you talking about? God has given you to me. He has placed you under my oversight. He's not going to come out around me and come and give you anything. Is Jumbi you feeling? Be careful of those who say that the Lord told me. Be careful of that. Even at our level, we, we don't easily say the Lord told me. Because <laughs> there's established order which you have to conform to. So loyalty and being faithful in a church, being faithful to a man of God, it demands full persuasion. Because challenges will come in life. It's like marriage. No matter who you get married to, you face challenges. It is in the challenge season that your love and your, your commitment is tested. 
When things are okay, everybody's okay. It's when things are not okay. That's when your loyalty, your love is tested. And that is when many people fail. Because they are not spiritual, so the devil is able to tempt them and let them forget everything. Oh, as for when there's nothing, oh, please. Everything is okay. Oh, yeah, man of God, a bishop, daddy, papa, whatever. You see when the demons, uh, 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 you see when demons uh, 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 possess them, they don't call you daddy, they call you bishop. I notice when they, those who call me daddy or father, and when they start calling me bishop, you see that it's a demon that's talking. <laughs> so, so where is a daddy used to call me? Where, where is that daddy gone? And now you're calling me bishop. Ah, is you bishop? Ah, is you no more you bishop? Pastor bishop. <laughs> yeah, the children, they call me pastor bishop. They think bishop is my name. So they call me pastor bishop. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, you can see it. You can see it. But loyalty demands full persuasion. Because my trying times will come. And in my trying times, I want to look to my left and see support. I want to look to my right and see support. If I look to my left and I see, hey, all those people who were standing when I was preaching, where are they? God forbid. God forbid. <laughs> yeah. No, it will be very painful when the people you think that they are on your side, in your trying moments, you look back. In the name of Jesus. They look to the right. I said, what? This is a very serious world. So loyalty demands a full persuasion. I like that. Lessons on loyalty. You have to feed the church with loyalty. I think it's a while since we preach about loyalty, isn't it? I'm going to preach about loyalty soon. To cure all the diseases that people are going through. Yeah. Loyalty in this book, Bishop Dad teaches about loyalty demands analysis. People lose their brains when they are going through problems, they lose their cerebellum uh, uh, medulla oblongata. That's that thing, right? <laughs> Church members lose their brains when they go through temptations. But if you are going to be unfaithful, if you are going to leave a church, if you're going to leave a man of God's ministry that you have been part of for many years, you have to analyze before you make that decision. And if you analyze well, you realize that you are, you are bad. Your decision is a bad decision. When you were nothing, when you were nothing, when you were nothing, it's a church that has made you something. It's a man of God's ministry that has, that has brought you out of obscurity. And now you say that you are what? You are a woman, the God. You are prophetess. You are seeing visions. Evangelist. All sorts of titles now you are working with. Analyze. How did you even get the platform you have now? Where, where, where did they come from? It's God who connected you to a man and to his ministry. Think about it. If you analyze very well, you remain faithful. 
If you don't, high fever will take over you. You see that you test positive for coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. Omicron. Omicron. Yeah. Feed the church. Feed the church. Oh. Pastors, are you going to feed the church? Yeah. Some of these topics, you will never think of it. So the books are good for you. I don't know why I would have heard of loyalty if I, didn't, I wasn't part of this ministry. It's beautiful. Feed the church. What else? You have nice things. Huh? You have nice, nice, nice things here. Okay. Balance diet. You have to teach them how to hear from God. Yeah, sometimes when you're preaching, they think it's you who's talking. It's God who's talking. <laughs> yeah, you have to teach them how to hear from God. And sometimes people hear from God in the area they like to hear from God from. <laughs> it's a marriage, a marriage of convenience. The areas where they have to hear from God, they don't want to hear from God there. <laughs> they put earpiece there so they don't hear. <laughs> Yeah. You have to expose every aspect of your life to the voice of God. Not just that side, that and that side you say, mm -mm 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 -mm. Lord no. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a big hand clap, amen. All right. Honey. Yeah. Come sing for us. Oh, hallelujah. Gotta walk by faith, amen.
still here? Alright, so I think we're just going to um, run through quickly and just close instead of taking a break and coming back. What do you think? So we just, once we close, then we've closed. What do you think about that? You're going to have a very powerful um, a message from um, a wonderful man of God in a few minutes. Um, but before that, Dancing Stars, are you ready? All right, I'm going to call you in a bit. Mika, are you ready? All right, okay. Now, as, as we're looking at shepherding and all of that, we also have to understand that shepherding is also a form of leadership. And the Bible wouldn't say that, oh, um, uh, what the Lord is my leader and I shall not want. The secular world has actually made leadership like their main subject. So people are even more attracted to leadership seminars, leadership meetings, leadership conferences and all of that. But if you look at the church, we have more leaders. If you take the Sunday school, anybody who's in the Sunday school is a leader in that regard. Anybody in the music department is a leader in that regard. A pastor, an apostle, a prophet, teacher, all the ministry gifts that God has given to us is also a form of leadership. So one of the things that I just quickly want to touch on um, before we continue is the art of leadership. This book is also in the Macarius. Please don't leave without buying a book. It will be something that you take with you for the rest of your life, even if we don't meet again. I believe we'll meet because we are here in Guyana, no? We're going to meet again. We are here on the west side, which they say is the best side. And so there's something from this book that I want to share with you quickly, and that is um, the, um, the art of leadership. Reproduce yourself in others. Reproduce yourself in others. If you see that, if you look around, you see that people or ministers don't have people who they reproduce themselves into. Are you there? 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. What does it say? Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We must have spiritual sons. You are likely in a regular, into quotes, in a regular Guyanese church, you are likely to see the pastor and his wife as the most active people in the church. Typical Guyanese church. Because what happens is that for most of us, 
we don't like somebody else to train them and raise them up into something. That is why I, I, I praise it. It's so important that you always don't have a biological uh, daughter or blood to raise you up and make you a pastor. It's a great achievement, though. Look around and see. It's the most trusted people in a church, if you look at it really, is your wife and your children. Why should I leave my wife and children and come to Princess? Princess of Hotel or Princess what? <laughs> Ramada. Yeah, no, because you are sure that when you go to church on a Sunday, your child will be there. Your child can't say that she's not coming to church because daddy going, son going, whether they like it or not. But to have somebody else's child as a faithful person next to you is something you need to develop an art about. Yeah. There's nobody here who's a pastor here who is my biological relative. Yeah. He's from Ghana, but we, we, I don't know where he's, he's come from some fishing village. I come from some forest village. So two completely different places. Are you, are you using me, brother? No, no, I'm not a ranking. No, no, no. In the, in the spirit, okay. <laughs> use me, brother. Use me, sister. No, use me, sister. All right. All the pastors that I have by the grace of God, there's nobody that I'm related to in the blood. Blood, religion. No. All of them are total strangers. Most of them from the skin. People were scamps. Thieves. <laughs> yeah. If you look at it, you, you see how to turn your own child or daughter sometimes into a ministry material. It may not be so difficult because it's daddy and mommy. <laughs> Especially when they are young and they grew up in the church. But to have Dwight Redmond, somebody else's child, to see you as a father. Which father? Me father ain't do nothing for me. Who's you? I don't even know me father. I don't know what a father is. He come and sit on, I should come to church and come by you and, and go somewhere with you and go and minister with you and come. No, 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 no. One day, some boys opened the church gate for me. The people in the area was laughing at them. They said, hey, Ramota, come in, you open the gate. They were calling me Ramota. It's like people frown on strangers trying to do something for another older person who is a stranger. It's like you are wasting your time. You are, you are what? You are a servant. You are whatever. So it is not a very simple thing to raise sons from inside the church. But remember the scripture we started with. It is our responsibility to equip the, 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 the saints. Is it Deonzi? Hey, to equip the saints. And is that Leah? Is that Leah? That's not Leah. It looks like Leah. Okay, Leah is the nice, the same hair Leah has. No, hey. Okay. Hi. <laughs> That's why I said that Guyanese is very difficult for Guyanese to live together. 
especially those of a certain color. Shall we now hear? Because to take this boy as my son, this boy came to my house and um, he was there. And then he, he came to me. He said, Bishop, can I have the password for your internet? <laughs> oh, why are you laughing? <laughs> Francis, why, why are they laughing? I don't know why they are laughing. <laughs> Do you know why they are laughing? <laughs> you don't know why they are laughing? Yeah, he came to my house and he was there. And he, uh, he came to me. I thought he was going to. He said, if I. He, he, just like he has his phone. He said, uh, Bishop, please, the, the password for your internet. I looked at him like that. <laughs> I almost said, You mother sponge. I almost said that. <laughs> yeah. No, that is the last time he comes to my house. You are past me. You spend some internet bill here. Yeah? <laughs> I said, you think you're in Samaria? Samaria password that is go all over the place. You think this is Samaria? If I'm going to follow his ignorance, that's the last time he comes around me. Last time. The next time he asks me, where's my wallet? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It is not a simple thing, yes, that Francis, to reproduce yourself in others. But as a leader, as a shepherd, you need to work on that and trust people, trust and believe people. Forget about people's errors, forget about people's shortcomings. It's, it doesn't matter. Can you believe that? Before Jesus called Judas, he knew he was the one who was going to betray him. But he was with him for three and a half years. You think Jesus is stupid? You don't stupid. He, no, he said, give the boy a chance. It's okay. Give him a chance. Give your, maybe he will change. Perhaps. And he will always talk about it. Have I not chosen you? You're one of you is the devil. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> And then Jesus will say, preach, Jesus, preach. <laughs> tell them, Jesus, tell them. Tell them. <laughs> because many people thought that Peter was going to be the one, the devil. Because he was the one who's very erratic. Yeah, one time he said, you won't die. I said, I'll yeah, die with you. I said, Satan, get him. All kinds of things. And yet, Jesus entertained. He, he was actually the one Jesus would give money to, to keep. Because the Bible says that when the woman came to pour oil on Jesus' feet, he made a comment because he was the one, he was a thief and he was the one who was holding the bag. Because even at the, the, the Lord's Supper, when he said he was, Jesus, please excuse me, the, the disciples thought because he, he was holding the bag, he was going on an errand. How many of us will trust people who we know clearly that the traits they are exhibiting ain't, ain't a good trait? But still trust and believe in that person that they can become something. If you will think like that, 
we will be able to reproduce ourselves in others. If you can't, you can't be a pastor who is not reproducing himself into others. It means that the church ends when you are dead. The day you die, the church is finished. Because what we do, so, what we do sometimes is that, you see, because in Guyana also, especially, we do ministry with our wives a lot. We all almost assume that the wife is the assistant pastor. But when you die, your wife can't handle the church. Oh. Women are not good pastors. Oh. They will fight with everybody in the church. They are good assistants. They can help. But if the woman is the head pastor, she has, women like, ter- women are territorial. You mean lions, you see a lion? A lion will, will pee around the place and say, no lioness come here. Women are like that. They can choose their group and anybody else they don't care about. You can't be a, a leader of a group with that kind of segregation and territorial behavior. But women like that. Women don't like this, don't like that, don't like this. And I said it, many churches that are small is because the wife is the assistant. <laughs> it's true, because the, the, the wife, women, women are women. Have you seen when a woman, a woman sees a cockroach? Have you seen it before? Ah! You think Jesus has come again? <laughs> Crapo! I was preaching the other day, some centipede came to the church. You remember? Hello. Ah. <laughs> the whole church saw it. As I was preaching, the lady shouted, got up and shouted, and mashed the sun to be like that. And I was on the, I was on the scene, and we were looking. It was like a movie. It is the Holy Spirit that helps women to lead to an extent. But naturally, naturally, women are the weaker vessel. So it's like they leak. You see, women are softer. They are more emotional. So they leak their feelings. Men don't leak like women leak. Yeah, so that's why women are more emotional. The, the, The membrane that covers them is so porous that the feelings... The anger, the jealousy, the whatever, competition, all of that, it shows more than a man. Men are more tough. We were created to be leaders. So we don't leak. We are not the weaker vessel. They are the weaker vessel. (laughs) Are you with me? So when a woman steps into a leadership position, and if if you look at it, in the secular world, women in position are more wicked than men in position. It's true. So if you don't reproduce yourself in others, especially the guys in your church, because Ghana is full of women, and women are easily demonic than men. I don't like a set of women together praying. I, I, I always think they are witches. Yeah. Yeah, prayer warriors, and all of them are women. I don't believe them at all. Single women, they are not married. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. One day I saw a picture of some of my lady pastors. 
they, they went out and they took a picture together. And I saw it somewhere. When I looked at it, I said, this is a bad group. Because I saw what they all had in common. <laughs> and that is what brought them together to go out. So the outing they had gone, it wasn't because they are friends, it's because they have a common, common mission and a vision. This, <laughs> I discern. They all had issues with man in their life. What we do, what we do, what we do. Common denominator is that all of them had issues with man. And you see that they find themselves and they gather around themselves and they flock together. And they talk about certain things. When I saw the picture, I said, one day I'll preach about it. <laughs> and then they know themselves as I'm talking about it. I should never see that group together in a picture anymore in this, in this life, as long as I live. Correction. <laughs> Go out with somebody else who can influence your mindset a bit than the person who is so prejudiced like you. Yeah. Yeah, I got problem with man. So you formed women with problems with men association. <laughs> you went on an evening out, a social event out, social night. And all your activities, your dressing up, your picture, you are trying to throw hints at men. I could see it and I could feel it in the picture. I said it to you. I, I said it, yeah. I saw it clearly in the picture. I said, this, this picture is, is to speak against men. I said, I am not moved at all. Yeah, I said, it's a bad group. I said, this group, the blood of Jesus. It's a bad group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Oh, you're a shepherd. You have to, you have to look at the sheep and see that mm, this one catch cold. This one catch cold. <laughs> this one catch cold. Yeah, this one catch COVID. Or bed, cut swine flu, got a swine flu. And when you say they, 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 won't, they, they won't take it to, but we know how we, we see. <laughs> Why don't you befriend a woman who is married so that you can be motivated to get married? Why are you close to a woman who has also had a, a bad experience with a man just like you? That's how you get lesbians in the church. You know, don't worry them. Let me touch each other. Let touch me. Let me touch you. <laughs> my, my, man is dark. <laughs> what man can do, women can do better. <laughs> yeah. Help me up. Kiss me. Let me kiss each other. Let me brace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when I saw the group I said no 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 if I have somebody like that as my assistant someone will be happy in the church they will sideline them the spirit of the Lord is moving it's not men time ladies where are you even the anointing they will reserve it for women <laughs> I'm telling you single woman 
face as you pray for women with problems with men. If you are here like that, come forward and let me pray for you. You never call married women to pray for them. Never call them. So I'm saying this to say that your ministry is not long-lasting if you don't pour yourself and reproduce yourself in another person, especially a man. Because Jesus never poured himself into a woman. He chose 12 guys. They were around, but he never, he never appointed them as apostles. But they were around doing the way they should do. They ministered to Jesus. Mary and Martha, they, they can never be forgotten in the life of Jesus Christ. But they were never apostles. Stacy. There's no corona here in Samaria. You got to breathe the natural air that we have here. Grasses are bringing, taking carbon dioxide and giving us oxygen. The most healthiest environment around. So if you are going to have a long-lasting ministry, please, man of God, learn to reproduce yourself in others. As my boys go on stage, I tell them, I say, no, don't say that. Don't dress like that. Don't do this. Don't do that. When I travel, I say, okay, you preach. You do this. Like that. I give them responsibilities. I trust them bit by bit, step by step, you know, like that, until they can become like me. One day I'll be glad I sit down and I hear them preach powerfully. Then I can go on vacation. There was a time I, I couldn't travel. But now I can travel. People in, in the Caribbean, they want me to come. I train that. Uh, they say I should come Sunday. I say, me coming no Sunday. I come here and come in no Sunday. Sunday I got to be in me church. Sunday, Sunday is family time. <laughs> yeah. So all these was pouring yourself, talking to them, teaching them. This little boy, he was, he was 14 years old when he came to the church. My professional dancer. <laughs> 14 years old. Yeah, now he got beard. He got beard like me too. Yeah, he got wife, red woman. I hear red woman is problems. <laughs> it's guy it's Guyanese thing I hear, you know, it's not me. <laughs> yeah. But they are around. And a lot of people fear him. Yeah. Yeah. So some pastors wonder if it was Pastor Gerard, you you listen right now. I say you jealous man. You see you jealous. <laughs> G power. When he shows up. <laughs> power. Yeah. yeah, reproducing myself in people so that by the grace of God if I am not there anymore I've told you, the day I die this woman, she'll pack her bags and she'll go she will never stay here yeah. <laughs> never stay here <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no God forbid if I die now oh no, she will go she's not going to be the next pastor no it's, it's, the lot is going to fall on one of these pastors around. She'll go. She'll, she'll say, all right, my name is Ruth Naomi. I came with a, a kind of, what's the name of the guy? 
Oh, what is the name of the father? Is there a color? No, that was Hannah and Penina. Naomi's husband was what? Let me see it again. Ruth chapter 1. Yeah, the man is no more. I'm going back. Oh, it, it, I, it's not prophecy. That's what is going to happen. And so she cannot be the one that I am going to reproduce one. That's why when she comes to church late, I don't mind. Because I'm not raising her up to be my successor. Elimelech. Yeah. But if he comes to church late, he knows what will happen. He'll avoid me because you know, you know, you know. <laughs> you know, I take my rod of correction. He knows that if I don't hear from him three days, then he don't know what to call and say. Because he knows that three days and we've not spoken on the phone, something was wrong about it. And when they call and say, you know, Bishop, you know, I, I, you know, I have to apologize. For that. <laughs> oh, by you. Rest yourself, rest yourself. <laughs> yeah. They know it. Because they are the ones who you are trying to pour yourself into as their future leaders. Jesus knew he was here for just three years in ministry. And so there was no, there's no, no, he couldn't try going to India. He couldn't try going to Iraq. He didn't want to go to Saddam Hussein or go to India, me, or to Hitler in Germany. He knew that if he pours himself into the 12 guys, he's rest assured. Every great leader pours himself into others. Let me tell you, your wife should not be your assistant too. If you want a long lasting ministry, not your wife. Please. Take the pressure of that woman if you love her. You let people curse she, you know. People are going to curse she and use the blood of Jesus against she and all them. What she is good at is to be by your side. And when you are not there, that's the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, people buying her. Take her to prayer meetings and all of that. <laughs> I'm telling you. Don't put that pressure on your wife, I beg you. And, and what it shows is that it doesn't even show your leadership skills because it's very easy for your wife to listen to you than for a strange guy to listen to you. Somebody who is not your father. To take the person on as a son. Maybe feed him. I remember when, when G was looking for a place to stay. And then by the grace of God, I found him a place. He came to one day and said, he's feeling bad. I said, why? He said, I got, I got always bail you out. I said, but rest yourself. Who else will bail you out? He said, like he feels like he's a big boy that he should be able to do things for himself. I said, that, that a father makes way for his children. And that's part of the relationship. He said, he feeling bad. I had to, I had to. So, why are you born? So, if you don't have a heart, he said, okay, is that, what, is that how to say thank you? You feeling bad after it? Okay, sure, that's the end of it. Okay, you try there. Like Elisha. Elisha never had a successor. Because he didn't have patience. He didn't have a father's heart. Elijah was a father. And so by the time he was going, even Elisha himself said, my father, my father, and the chariots of Israel. But when um, Gehazi followed Naaman the Syrian to collect his goods, when he came, Elisha said, may the leprosy of Naaman come upon you. Instant case. Bible says he left his presence white with leprosy as snow. 
That's why Elisha took anointing into the grave. So reproduce yourself in others. People who are not your biological sons. Love them. Help them. Raise them up. I go almost everywhere with him. Almost everywhere. Almost everywhere. Almost everywhere. And, and if I need people to talk to, people in the church, I leave him here because he's the talker. He's the one who talks. Oh, he. I mean, he's a gaffman, right? That's his gift. If I need anybody to keep somebody busy, it's not he, is he? <laughs> if I need things to be sorted out, the boss man. No problem. Even if you want him to take you to the moon, he will take you to the moon. <laughs> yeah. I have them, I have them in different categories. When I have to do something matured, a bit formal, it's Professor Echo. Because he is more older and he knows principles and rules. Them little children don't know them thing. It's a professor who I call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If I have to give myself only and I want MC, he's the one. Because give thyself only, it's other big men. So, you know, them children for come talk, talk, anyhow. I need me, Raphael, who is an African to know how to speak. <laughs> before, before, my class post things on the platform, say, yeah, yeah. I said, look at you. This is not that sister. So, <laughs> so I don't use him as an MC for giving myself at all. But when I, when I want people to come and dance, I will choose him to, 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 to do that one. <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Receive the Holy Ghost. Yo, receive it. <laughs> yeah. Paul took Timothy on as his son. Who is your son in ministry? Yo, you get some 12, 13 year olds, you think they are not useful. But I'm telling you, G came at 14 years old. Joshua was how old? Nine years old when he joined the church. You want to despise somebody like that? No, 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 no. He's my, he's my oh, officer Harry. He's my surveyor. He's my surveyor. My grace came when he was seven years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he came when he was seven years old. You want to despise him at seven? You ask, you start a church and people are seven years old. You want to despise them? Look at him now. Yeah, you're married, married to Epson. Whoa! <laughs> yo, 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 yo! He brings a different flavor into the family. Yeah, energy. Yeah, vibes. Yeah. Yeah. I have lots of them. By the grace of God, they now have to struggle and desire what is upon my life. The person who catches it will be the next bishop. Because it's not Joko. You have to be Elisha to catch it. So you call you GGG, so you get it. No! I say, no problem, no problem, so you are the next. No! You say, Gaffman, you catch it. No! He's professor. No! No, it's Abigail who's catching it. 
Yeah. Is the one who will catch it. He's the one who spiritually will have that room to be the necessary. But I have people, just like when um, Jesus had the 12 disciples and then Judas left. To, to replace Judas, there were other options. Those who had it with them. And it was so easy because they had to just choose two of them, Matthias and I think Justice. And then they cast lots and there was who won? as Matthias who won. So all along people are there, but when the place became, becomes vacant, it takes the one who has the oil. God told Moses, he said, Joshua, anoint him. He's the next one. Yeah, the next one. Because from the, from the eyes of God, Joshua was the right person, not, not anybody else. Not Korah, who probably was dead already. Yeah, Datan and Abiram. And so the ministry will last. You see what the apostles did? They continued until the Gentiles came into the picture. And then when they checked out, the message was still traveling. But if, it's, if it was me and my wife, let me tell you why I say that. My wife was the first treasurer of the church. We had to fight. Because when she has to bank the money, she ain't got time for bank. I got to go and bank the money. I said, who is the treasurer? Is it you or is me? So before I realized, in the night, she turning so on the bed. And I also turning so on the bed because of offering and banking. So he said, you know what? Let me, let me not bother with her. Let me not bother with her. Let's choose somebody that I can shout on. Who will not sleep on the bed to turn on the left and I turn on the right? Mr. Simone, is it working? It's working. <laughs> Let's be husband and wife. Let us not be bishop and treasurer or pastor and treasurer in the house. This is not the house of the Lord. This is my house. Let's be husband and wife. No, not pastor and treasurer. I'll ask, did you bank the offering this week? He said, oh, shoots. I said, but you know that every week the, the offering has to be banked. Yeah, but I was late for work, and then I want to forget. And so, I said, sweetie, let me not bother with it. <laughs> no pastor and treasure in this house. This house is husband and wife. Let them girls watch over the money. And then when they don't bank it, I'm going to shall upon them. And all they will say is, yes, bishop, yes, reverend, reverend, I'm sorry. I said, don't do that again. Case finished. I can't do that in my house. Wife stroke treasurer? Nah. It, can't. <laughs> it must be wife. Help me. Thank you, Sister Simon. Well, some of you are blessed. Though. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Hey. Yes, even my daughter Lois, before she, she went to Europe, when I tell her to sing, she said, man, daddy, man, daddy. Ah! Sing on Sunday, you say, man, daddy. Which part of the singing is man, daddy? Which song is that? I want to ask Mika, come and sing. Mika is even asking me, Bishop, when am I singing? What song am I singing? She glad for sing. Mika's music. And my own daughter would say, Man, daddy, me feel like singing today, man, daddy. 
said, wow, that's why Jesus said his, his brother and sister is the people in the church, not the ones in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they will take the church, if you are going to take church, they will make it look lighter. Yeah, they will make it look lighter. And it can affect a lot of things. And so when I started trusting others with the money, then she'll be sitting on his own. And me doing nothing. I ain't got nothing for do. I said, watch she, watch she. I give she something for do, she ain't doing it. I give somebody for do, I get problems. Oh Lord. <laughs> It was not so easy to begin to trust people outside herself and me. Because then it's almost, it's almost as if you believe in others more than her. And it's not a very nice thing for a woman to feel. Yeah. It's true, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's my sister right there. <laughs> yeah. It makes them feel like now that you, did, you, you are married to them and you say you love them and all of that, now it's like somebody else, you are almost like you are loving. Except that it, it, it is not as the love that you and me have. But for a woman, it's very difficult to separate the two. They are weaker vessels. But a strong leader will say, I don't care. If you like, don't cook, I'll go to my uh, KFC. But I need the check to be run well. So I'll trust people who will listen to me and not bring no lovey-dovey inside. And slowly, he started working. One, one or two times, she's catch fever. And then you know, when the fever comes, I got to give she paracetamol. <laughs> MG. <laughs> I'll be the first secretary. When they come, they don't even greet you. They say no good morning, disrespectful. Then I act as if I didn't hear. <laughs> because I don't want to fight about church members in my house. I don't like wives complaining about church members. So when you say it, I say, ah, the moon is blue. The, the sky is... <laughs> ah, look, color, blue, red. Yeah. Yeah, shooting stars. <laughs> no, wives, they are very powerful. No? <laughs> they can work on your feelings. They can work on your emotions. And it's like, if you... <laughs> yeah, that's why you, that's why you call me that's why you will call me <laughs> because they will work on you to be on your side if you are not strong. No, you have to be very objective. You have to be very objective. Say, sweetie, let's not bring romanticism in church finance. Because interestingly, if I was the CEO of GRA, you would not be my secretary. If I, they will actually fire one of us because they will say it is. Uh, conflict of interest. So how come I'm in the church, I'm the man of God, and then you are there? It's like we are two thieves. 
<laughs> when you count the money, he says, sweetie, how much do you want? <laughs> Let's boss it to two. All right, hold on to this. <laughs> oh, warm to me, man. I need new shoes, sweetie. Yeah. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to drive at. There are one or two who do well as assistants. I mean, it's not that they can't do it at all. There are some who can do it. It's, it's, it's not a simple task, but some can do it. But most, most, 95%, emotions are inside. They put the scripture down and work on their emotions. Hey, you can ask her. Maybe I should give, the, give her the mic. Let she continue about her. Continue for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, no. So reproduce yourself in others. Others. Sometimes our children are good to reproduce ourselves in them. Sometimes they are not. Yeah. By the way, if you are a pastor's child here, where is G? Yeah. If you are a pastor's child here, please, after church, see this pastor's child. Right? See him. Yeah. After church, please see him. All right? Remind me to announce it during the session. Amen? Are we going to do that? If we do that, you see that you and your wife will have peace. Yeah. When you go and you lie down, it's one more honey. She will say, Moose me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. What happened? I vex. Oh, who vexed you? You! <laughs> Why do? Who vexed it? And say, how come they say we should do the report and you give it to Abigail to do the report? One to me. I can do report? Oh, Charlie, but that report is going to take you all day. All day? All day. <laughs> I'm, I'm teaching from my own experience. So. And so for me, it's not, it has nothing to do with emotions or feelings or anything. It is more of being objective to ensure that the ministry is handed over to those. Because that, like I'm telling you, if God forbid, when I die, that's it all. My, my father asked us, he's asking all the missionaries, the bishops. He said, when you die, what do you want? There's this Bible school in Ghana. We have a cemetery of our own. Do you want to be buried there or not? You and your wives. I asked her. He said, she wants to be buried there. I said, me going nowhere. I'm going at the back here, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so. I can't pour myself into her. She can't handle the spirit that is upon me. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's why I said, when you are praying, they were in G string. You can't pray. Shaka bala 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 shaka bala bala. No, 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 no. Yeah, but when I'm praying in G's, there's a G. Get out, get out, get out. I'm busy. You can't say that. He said, Oh, so now when you're praying, I can't come here. Hey, I didn't know that that's how marriage is. Oh, I mean, I just want to be alone. Okay, now that the church, I was with you when the church has gotten big now, I can't even come when you are praying. 
It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, now understand that if I don't have control in my marriage, I can't say what I'm saying. Hey, tonight is problem, so <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> no, if I don't have control, I can't say the things I'm saying. Because right from here, she drive out, she gone. Three days. Quiet. No. She put the breakfast, won't say anything. So you have to go look if there's breakfast on the table. <laughs> then you see that, okay, they cook. Then you go and eat, you put it down. No, when you come, there's lunch in the microwave. You open the microwave, you see your food is there. No talking. You take it, you hot it up, and then you eat. Evening, you come, something on the table. You open, it's for you. So, all right. When you go into the bedroom, people sleeping. <laughs> Cover up. <laughs> yeah, you 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 talking me business in the church. You you letting everybody know me business in the church. You disgracing me. You making me you making me shame. Don't touch me. Don't touch. Don't touch me. <laughs> God wants to come and pray. So don't pray here. Don't pray. <laughs> I rebuke you. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So um, I think it's time to introduce the next speaker for the evening. I promise you in the evenings we're going to have a one or two um, ministers um, encourage us for. Um, half an hour. <laughs> I'm sure he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, <laughs> above what we are committing into his care in his hands. And so this man of God has been uh, a brother and a friend for um, over a year now since we started the um, Give Thyself Holy Conference. Where's, where's Major? Is Major here? Major? Yeah, that's Major. So Major is a young lady who invited. She's the Jericks. Yeah, that's a young lady who invited um, Pastor Sam and his dear wife to our first Give Herself Outreach, uh, Give Herself Holy Outreach at, at the Georgetown Church in East La Penitence. And they came. And it was very, very divine. You, do, you don't know what Pastor Sam talks about, Major. Even if you don't get any gift when you go to heaven, there's a present here for you. God bless you for inviting me, okay? And so we have an association, a pastor's association, called the Give Thyself Pastor's Association. It's one of the best associations ever. And even um, driving that ministry and that uh, movement, I see the behavior of pastors. It's very fantastic. And I thank God for, you know, Pastor Sam, Apostle June, and Prophet Elroy. I thank God for their lives. Because they've been, they've been present, they've been around, they've been supportive, and I think it's a blessing. We have a few more, but you know what going on. But at least I can say that these men of God are with me and with the movement. And I'm trusting God that from this conference we will also get 
more pastors to be part of the Give Thyself Holy Pastors Association. This is, this is not an association on the, on the website. This is a national association. And this is an association that is also behind this conference that we are organizing. And um, it is a, it's a, it's a, it's an association with a difference. After Pastor Sam, I'll just spend about 15 minutes to you know, share a few things and then we'll be out of here. So if you are, if you are a man of God, a minister, head of a church with your assistant, you can see Bob's. Where's Bob's? That's the nice, uh, that's my administrator for the Give Thyself Holy Movement. You can see her. She will register you. It's only $1 million to register. <laughs> No, uh, yeah. So that's Sister Trevisia. If you're a man of God, woman of God, you are interested to join that association, please see her right after church. Her number is also, I think, somewhere, isn't it? It's a number, so I think I saw some. There's, we have some, um, the, the, the stickers. Do you have them available? Did we put them in the bags? We didn't give them out today. Okay, so we have some, a number available. Maxwell, you know it. You can contact the number. That's her number. She will be very glad to have you on board. And so I want to introduce to you um, the pastor of God's Grace um, Pentecostal Church in VV. VV. It's a prophetic name. VV. It sounds prophetic, isn't it? In my corny. Um, he's one of the latest authors in town. Amen. Hallelujah. He authored the ministry, mystery to science, wonders and miracles in the kingdom of God book, which we launched in um, uh, Isla Penitence a couple of uh, months uh, ago. And um, he's a seasoned man of God. He has a church in Maikoni and he has one in Trafalgar in Babis. I'm glad and I'm blessed and privileged to introduce to you the speaker for tonight, Pastor Samuel McPherson. To the microphone, come on, put your hands together. Son him as he comes. Give it up, 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 give it up. Pastor, oh, come on, you can do better than that. <laughs> Bless you. Go ahead, Pastor. Put your hands together for this amplified ministry. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can you give Bishop all the honor he needs right now? Bishop Collins, we thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. For some, it may appear easy or simple to organize something of this magnitude and then try to offer it to the entire country, Guyana, and then to an extent, something God has been talking to me about um, is something called rejection. Something that is prevalent. Uh, I think it's a serious spirit, the spirit of rejection. And we've seen it very evident in our country. So I am indeed honored to have this opportunity. I, I'm telling you, I am humbled when I, when I had the request, I said, me? I, I don't know why, but I, I thank God. So we're having a great time, and I want to somehow bring home, as we conclude this evening, you can have your seat. Praise God. I was in the last conference with 
Bishop Dag Ewards, and I saw it was starting very in the early in the morning, continue all day, and you were home afternoon into the night. They were having these conferences and said, wow, can people actually sit this long and receive ministry? Today's my first day. Thank God. Yeah. Hallelujah. I tell you, if you don't have the vessel to receive this long, you will burst. All right? So you need to be ready and prepared especially under the conditions of discipline you're not allowed to move and all of that so not everybody can receive this we thank god so um i just want to just expand a little more there's so much that came out today i felt the rod and i felt the the staff <laughs> you know it kind of pulled you in line and I'm motivated knowing that although I'm a late start in the ministry, that in the future, I will see sons. I will see development. Come on. Put, put it there. Hallelujah. Now, to amplify your ministry means to expand or enlarge. I'm using simple words. Um, to stretch and to, indeed today. We had a stretching. We had a real stretching. It means also to magnify. All right? And I'll put one more, which I teach a little physics. And it's one of the property used um, to measure waves. To measure waves. And... So the amplitude of a wave has to do with the maximum displacement of a particle on that wave. So the question, how far have you reached in your ministry? How many persons have you touched? Will determine your amplitude. Today we are products of the ministry of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We can feel the amplitude. Bishop Collins' ministry and amplitude can be felt. I believe that we are medium in which the Holy Ghost and the Word will generate vibrations. Are you with me? Because a wave is produced whenever vibration disturbs a medium. And I hope you would have made yourself or allow yourself as a medium to be disturbed today. Yeah. Because when you're disturbed, there's a transfer of energy according to the, the description of waves. If we were to have a tsunami, it will bring a lot of stuff. The force. So what was released and deposited and what will be released and deposited for the next two days after today would be a lot to take you into the future. So it has to do with you allowing yourself to be a medium. And it's of great concern. Why? Celebrities 
Satanists. They're doing everything possible to spread their evil. And if we believe in the Son of God and we believe in God, well then we should do everything possible to spread the gospel also. We have to go back to the scriptures and understand how this is possible. And so I have just put five steps, or if you want to call it, stages in which we can do so. 2 Peter chapter 3, 18. And this is the New International Version. It says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So the first stage that is required for you to be amplified or for you to amplify your ministry is to invest and grow. One, as we see, in grace. Without the grace that is required, we saw today in the first session, you cannot be the prophet you probably claim to be. You cannot be the apostle you claim to be. You cannot be the teacher you claim to be. You need that grace to be what you're claiming to be. And unless you have the grace, the message is clear. Don't even step out and try to claim you are. And so we have somebody coming from Africa. Our origin, I will say people of my color to say that to us because we seems not to understand. It is so important to go to a Bible school. We have many people who are in ministry haven't gone to any form of Bible school. Haven't sat under any form of teaching and training because if you, go, if you would have gone to good Bible school, you will not call yourself names when you are not that. You will have the sense to understand, don't even try doing that because you will embarrass yourself. So growth in grace is important. The graces of God today is an opportunity. Tomorrow is another opportunity to grow more in the grace or graces God has called you for. In knowledge, what have been dispensed today? Wisdom, stature. Favor with God and favor with man. Two sets of favor. You may have favor with God but not with man. Or you may have favor with man but not with God. So it's important that we understand Jesus himself seek when he came as a man to grow in these things. And so Paul was reminding, sorry, Peter was reminding the church that first you need to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Which means 
You have to follow and know before you can amplify your ministry. So, the first stage, I believe, has to do with investing and growing in grace, in knowledge, in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and favor with men. When I heard about the Carius Library, I did not wait. I have, I have to get it. Are you with me? I had to get my set. And then there's another set. I, I missed it from the last. But I have to get that also because within it is a wealth of knowledge and experience. Do you don't have the time right now based on what is happening to develop or to go through so you can at least drink from somebody else. So that's why it's important to invest in whatever material possible. And these, Bishop Doug, it's coming from a wealth of experience and knowledge. You can't miss it. And so I'll encourage my fellow ministers in the gospel that are not of shepherd's house to make sure you get a library or two. Can you put your hands together for this wealth of knowledge? The second step is to be obedient to your call and please God. Be obedient to your call and please God. It's a privilege to be called into the ministry. Not everybody will be called. As we know, many are called also, but few are chosen. But it's a privilege to be called. So you must believe in your calling. You must be obedient. In the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verse 13 to 17, relates that Jesus came to be baptized by John the Baptist. And when he came to be baptized, John tried to say to him, No, I am not worthy to at least unloose your son. And Jesus said, Hey, hey this is what I need to do. It proves of his humility. To submit because that was the only way John could have recognized that indeed Jesus Christ was the Messiah. That instruction was given to him. When you see the spirit come down in the form of a dove on that person, that's the Messiah. So it had to happen in order for Jesus' ministry to begin. Are you with me? He had to follow the path set out by God. And what I find, people are obedient to many things other than being obedient to God. And that is easy. His word is the standard. Everything else that you disobey, it proves that you're not in line with his word. Are you with me? So it's important to use his word as your guide. Are you with me? So obedient, being obedient is what caused God to be pleased with you. Because at that time when Jesus allowed himself to be baptized by John, 
The Bible said the heavens were opened. And the Spirit of God came down in fullness. Are you with me? And God spoke. Somebody say God spoke. Said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We're talking about amplifying your ministry. And so there's stages or step growth. Secondly, obedience. Are you with me? Obedience. The third step, proceed. After being obedient, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't do ministry without the filling of the Holy Spirit. Without being led by the Spirit of God. Without knowing how He works. You will be frustrated. There are many things in ministry to frustrate you on a daily basis. Yeah. There are a lot of things to frustrate you. But when you have the Spirit of God, as we understand, He strengthens us. He guides us. He leads us into the truth. He, he does everything practically. So if you learn to rely on him. And so Jesus, although he was God in flesh, allowed himself for the Holy Spirit to fill him. The book that I wrote simply outlines from investigation that the majority of denominations don't believe in the Holy Spirit anymore. You can do the research for yourself. And so, so many people are in churches. They don't have the Holy Spirit. A church without the Holy Spirit is, is, is like a club with a lot of fights and division. Are you with me? It's, it's one of the messiest group to get involved with. And so all over this country, Guyana... You have a lot of churches without the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can, you can sense it. You can see it when you get into that church. What is happening shows clearly the absence of the Holy Spirit. And when he's absent, the devil takes over. The devil takes over. So Jesus saw the need to be filled. We should see the need to be filled also with the Holy Spirit. And you know what? Amplifying your ministry is actually amplifying the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amplifying your ministry is actually amplifying the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So every time you allow him to work, he gets the glory. God gets the glory. Are you with me? So Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, Luke chapter 20, 4, verse 46 to 49. I think Bishop mentioned it. He said to the disciples also, wait until you receive him. Wait until you receive him. He said, you cannot step out to do ministry without the Holy Spirit. And so the disciples, the apostles you know, with the time, I can't go into all of that. They, 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 they've made mistakes. Peter himself denied Jesus that he knew him when the trouble started. He denied that he knew Jesus three times. 
when the cock crow, he start to use languages that he, he should not have used. But when he was filled with the Holy Ghost, he stood up and he preached. And he represented Jesus very well. And what happened? Thousands of people got saved. You cannot see people get saved without the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to amplify your ministry. So when we encourage to pray and to spend time with him, is to bring about the amplification that is necessary. You of your own self, you can do nothing. And something that we saw when Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, the fourth step or stage that I have, he was led into the wilderness to be tempted, to be tried by the devil. That's what the scripture says. He was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tested. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, there's a period and a time in your life when you'll be tested and tried. There are challenges ministers go through and pass through that sometimes you don't know that they cry. You don't know they may have sometimes thoughts, you know what, I don't think I can do this anymore. But this is when the minister needs to understand that this is important. So you need to endure and qualify through your testing. Not to give up. As we know, a, a, a rope is strong as its weakest link. So if you give up, it means you're not ready for ministry. As Jesus said, no one puts his hands to the plow and pull it back. You're not worthy for the kingdom. You're not ready for kingdom work. So testing is a vital part of your preparation and for the application of your ministry. Are we clear on that? Allow yourself to be tested and to be proven by the Holy Spirit. Jesus won all the tests by repeating the word of God. It is written, it is written, it is written. So we saw the very first step or stage your knowledge comes through the word. So if you don't know the word, how can you be able to defeat the enemy on situations that we will bring before you? Today, tomorrow, and Friday present the opportunity or the opportunities for you to increase knowledge and increase learning in the word. Are you with me? So that you can defeat the enemy and amplify your ministry. Can you give God praise with me at this moment? And the fifth step or stage, we see that Jesus, after passing his test, he came back. Matthew chapter 4, 23 to 25. Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogue proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. 
And news about him spread all over Syria. And people brought to him all who were ill and with various disease, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and uh, paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee and Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across Jordan followed him. This is how Jesus' ministry was amplified. And I believe this, if this is how Jesus' ministry was amplified, we should take a pattern. And it's a good pattern. He came back in the power of the Spirit. You can defeat devils if you don't overcome them yourselves. You've got to overcome things before you can speak to devils and say to people that you have the power. Are you with me? So it's a process. It's not like taking a selfie, putting it up on Instagram or Facebook and everybody start liking it and you realize you are popular. In the kingdom of God, it doesn't work like that. It's a process. And it took Jesus some time. And it took Jesus some pains. It will take you also some time and pains. And so Bishop is talking about the sacrifice. He's going to speak on sacrifice. I think that will come out tomorrow. Very heavy. There's a sacrifice you have to pay before you can See your ministry amplified. Are you with me? Jesus came back in the power of the Spirit. And so, amplifying your ministry requires that you teach. How can you teach if you were never taught? You can't preach without the Holy Spirit again. Preaching requires the Holy Spirit because a lot of people preach... But there's no effect on the congregation or the listeners without the presence of the Holy Spirit. It is required that every word you speak, it will go as we understand. The word we, we speak and preach is sharper than any two-edged sword. That peers and goes down into the soul of mankind. Are you with me? And so, preaching, teaching... Healing, casting out devils, tells about an amplified ministry. What shocked me is that I was asking for some ministers within my area to give me a feedback on the book that I wrote. And what shocked me is that they were saying, some of them were saying, I lucky. And even get the, 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 the kind of inclination that they were thinking, well, perhaps this is not true. Because many do not believe in the healing ministry. Many don't believe that that ministry is for us today. There are denominations that preach that it is not for us today. You can't be amplified without having 
the Holy Spirit that does miracles, signs, and wonders in your life. And so in our country, people leave and go other places to get help because perhaps the church doesn't have what it takes to bring them help. And that has to change. Somebody say that has to change. And it changed from tonight, from today. Come and give God praise. As I conclude, if we understand the steps, the five steps, we'll notice um, amplification when I studied with, with the sound, we, we would not have enjoyed this conference if Bishop was just shouting on his voice only. But because we have amplifier and speakers and you can hear, it makes things much easier and different. So amplifiers requires two inputs. Two inputs. You hear my voice? And it requires the power also, the carrot. If you have the power with no voice, nothing happens. And if you have the voice without no power, nothing happens. So you need the word and you need the Holy Spirit. You are the amplifier. You are the medium in which when they connect together can bring a release. And that is what God wants to do with us. That we make ourselves available for the word and the spirit to work together. And the vibration that we need to amplify our ministry will be felt near and far. I believe Shepherd House is here in Guyana to make a difference. You have made a difference in my life. And I know it will not go without being noticed. That's why I'm here. And by God's grace, the three days, everything that I can drink, I will drink. Because you need to put all together to be more effective and efficient. So I thank you very much for your time. And again, I thank Bishop for the opportunity because I know this is not really allowed much in Shepherd's House. <laughs> so to have this privilege is a big privilege. So can you help me give God all the praise and the honor that you require as I thank you. God richly bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Oh, wow. Give it up for Pastor Samuel McPherson. You may take your seats. My, my, my. I like the amplifier. I see a teacher in the house. <laughs> I thank God for Pastor Sam. You know, um, since we started to give thyself holy um, as Pastor's Association, he has been one of the 
main, main, major. I have, like I mentioned, there are three men of God who have shown great support for this association. And, um, and I'm happy to let you know that he brought the most members to the conference. <laughs> it, it says something, I tell you. It says something. God bless you. And for some of the people, they are, they are, they are going to like you, I tell you. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> like I was saying on the platform that we have, when I asked my administrator to post on the platform, the churches that are part of the association and their involvement, to me, is, is, is a message. Because when you see the, past, the pastor, some of the pastors don't respond at all. I so say, you wonder whether if you are part of an association, how do, why do you behave like that? It's, it's, it's almost like you have to school people um, in how to be a member of an association. God bless you, Pastor Sam. Indeed, uh, one of the points you made, indeed, you said you cannot, uh, your ministry cannot be amplified unless you are filled with the Holy Spirit. It, it's a very, very real thing. And I'll talk more on that on, on, on the last day. I think it's a very, very important point he made. And I have that also in line to, to share on that. And so, I want you to be like him. He's a man of God. He has churches. He's doing ministry. And he's drinking for three days. I don't know why you want to drink for one day. If you are here only because of the mashamani, your faith is very small. I'm saying it again. If you can't give yourself three days. Jesus didn't do everything on one day. He died. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. And so the journey has started on Friday by the grace of God. God will end with us. Give it up again for Pastor Samuel McPherson. God bless you. Right, so in closing tonight, um, I just want to encourage you again. How many of you are pastor's children? You're a pastor's child. Can you please stand? Can you please stand? Spiritual? No, I want biological. <laughs> G. Pastor's children. All right. Wow, that's a lot of pastor's children. G, can you, can you go around and maybe two people, three people quickly, um, unless we have their names. I want to I wanna relate with you a bit more after the conference. Is that okay? Uh, God has laid on my heart to also have um, like a sister company, if you want to call it. Uh, pastor's kids. I believe that there's great, there are a lot of great things in store for pastor's children. Is that Shiniza? Where's Shiniza? Oh, oh, she gets, oh, she left. Okay, all right. Okay, beautiful. Pastor's children. God bless you. You are very, very special. And so we will be in touch with you. You are pastor's child. Oh, there are two on stage. They, they, we know them. <laughs> We know you will write your name. <laughs> Thank you very much. Did I see Shorty stand or something? Shorty was standing. Shorty, sit down. <laughs> Boy Blue. <laughs> That's Granny's uh, Babaloo, you know. God bless you. God bless you. All right, so very, very quickly. For the, the pastors who stayed um, to this time, uh, we have an association, uh, Give Thyself Holy Pastors Association. It's from, where is it from? First Timothy or Second Timothy? Managar. 
First Timothy 4.15. Let's see it. Wow. Oh, you told him. Okay. <laughs> it's right there. The Bible says that meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. I believe that God has given me a passion to provoke and to stir up men and women of God to fight for their ministry and do well. I, I, I think that the God wants to really, there was a reason why God called you and he wants you to fulfill that ministry and that calling. Many people, in fact, the Lord spoke to me Sunday night concerning the conference. He said that, he said that many people are trapped. Many pastors and ministers are trapped. Many are in bondage. You see, and because of that, their, their ministries are not being amplified. And so he told me that this is going to be a conference that is going to do some wonderful deliverances in, in the lives of the ministries. I can tell you that for sure. And so, if you are here, you are a pastor, I want to encourage you to join. It's, people have had bad experiences. A pastor was telling me during a lunch break, he said that he has had so many bad experiences relating with pastors that for, for years he has decided to stay quiet in his corner. And I can relate with him. I can relate because there are people in the system who don't encourage you to do things. Sometimes they just want you to be like a son or they, you, you, they offer you covering. I don't know what that covering means really. And then, but nothing really happens. But we, we they torment you. <laughs> it's a tarpaulin, right? It just makes them feel good, but they don't have anything much to offer. But like we, but I have been talking about, we have, if we don't have anything, we have a wealth of knowledge. This church is coming from a man who has been in ministry for over 30 years when one of the most rare anointings in the world. Everything I know and what I'm doing. Like Pastor Sam came to say, he said he saw it. Six o'clock, the conference starts when he starts his conference. We are starting at eight. And he said he saw it on YouTube and Facebook. But this is him experiencing the conference. I mean, conference, you come maybe in the morning, nine o'clock, by one, two o'clock, conference is over. And there you go. This one is from morning to night. It tells you of a certain intensity that we have to really get things in order and please God and fulfill our ministry. That's him, my father in the ministry. And so we have, we have a lot of information to share, a lot of experience to share. And, and also, since we are coming from a different point of view, it's definitely going to be an added value to what you already know. You know, so I want to encourage you to join the Give Thyself Holy Pastors Association. Um, we have a constitution, we have aims and objectives. I don't want to go into that too much tonight. But I think I said it somewhere in Enmore, one of the days, that when the Bible says that iron sharpens iron, so does one the countenance of his friend. Is it Proverbs 27, 17? Yes, yeah, something. <laughs> I didn't hear you say anything this time. You whisper to him, okay. <laughs> iron sharpened iron, so a man sharpened the countenance of his friend. If you are part of a group and you don't get sharpened, it's not a good group. And from your experience, 
during this conference tomorrow, Friday. I'm sure um, if you even need time, you will be able to decide whether you want to join the group that I'm part of. Pastor Sam is part of it. Prophet Elroy on the stream right and the second row is part of it. And many more who uh, didn't uh, make it for the conference today. I'm hoping that we will see them sometime tomorrow or Friday. So it's a good, it's a good body of pastors. We offer all kinds of things. We will say covering. We will say sharpening. Because I am so busy building what God has given me that I don't have time to be a cover. <laughs> yes. I can offer some assistance. I can offer some support. I can offer some encouragement. We can do training sessions for your members. We can even appoint pastors. I can even consecrate you as a bishop if you want. Yeah, I'm a bishop. I can consecrate you to be a bishop. Yeah. I can do that. Have you forgotten? I have this. I can consecrate you as a bishop. And all of that can be done. Because one of the things that I also see that, you know, Pastor Sam said it, we take titles upon ourselves without a formal process. And it spoils a lot of things. Because what you are doing is that you are telling the people who are following you that you can just take something anyhow. You can just, just be. You can't just be a husband. You have to go through a process to be a husband. You have to follow a process to be a wife. And so, think about it and join. In fact, I want you to join tonight if you can. It's a Trevisi again. It's available right after church uh, to register you and give you some extra information. That's the contact number 614-7909. If you're a minister, especially the independent churches, you know, sometimes when you are part of some of the denominations, some of the people, they, they, they tell you don't join anything. It's also okay. But especially if you are independent, it means that you need a bit more of association. Right? It's not easy to be, you know, to be a founder of your own ministry and then do well in your corner. It's not, it's, ministry is not so easy like that. Especially in a country where there's a lot of demons, Hindu demons and Muslim demons. All right? Where the president is a Muslim and the vice president is a Hindu. I don't know about Philip. There's it's so much. And so you being alone in the corner, you need, you need some bracing, if that's the right word, isn't it? And so I want to encourage you, join the Give Thyself Holy Pastors Association, Pastors Association by speaking to uh, Sister Trevisia after church, or please message her um, on that number provided. All right, let's stand as we close. Wow, we're closing early today. Tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock sharp, we take off. And I hope you'll be here to um, be part of the beginning. Tomorrow morning, I'm, tomorrow I'm going to focus on sacrifice. I believe that sacrifice is one of the things that makes us amplify our ministry. Let's pray. Father, thank you for how far you have brought us today. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you for the lives of every ministry, every minister. Those who have tarried at the wine today. Thank you for filling them. And those who are going to continue to tarry tomorrow and Friday, let them overflow with your spirit in a measure. I commit everybody to your hands as we leave from here. Let every trap, let every evil ahead of us be removed by the angels of God in the name of Jesus. Let everyone reach home safely. You give praise, you give us strength and give us rest to return tomorrow to continue drinking from the wells of salvation. I give you praise and I give you glory in Jesus' name. 
Amen. We believe you have been blessed by the powerful teaching of God's Word. For booking and more information on the ministry of Bishop Collins, please call us on 592-225-6760 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com. You can also log on to www.shepherdhouseinternational.org. God richly bless you.